Broadcasting live, this is KMA Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. I like to smoke them like the Prince Churchill. And here we are, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning, loyal listeners, libertarians, and lovers of the leaf. This is KMA Radio, and Jordan, I'm I'm. It's early for us. It's so yeah. This is a this is a bit of a switch. There, they thought that they knew what they were going to see. Well, I guess they probably saw the promo and such and knew that this was coming, but. This is the dojo takeover. Exactly. I'm not even supposed to be here. I just slept in the studio. <laughs> and I woke up and I'm here. Yeah, Jack. Uh, so you were on the show last night and uh, I just didn't leave. You just didn't leave. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not ever going to leave. I've only been awake twice at this time in my life. <laughs> ever? Oh, like the is, day you were born and then today. It isn't that. It isn't that bad. But yeah, it's the dojo takeover. Um, so, I mean, what an honor, right, guys? Getting yeah, to doing- take over this famed famed show and you know i think we have a goal today and our our goal should be boys jack hire jewish state jordan my trusty producer i am erica tormson or as abe would say eric gutterson tomsky guitarzan and uh we're taking over the show today and our goal today boys is to sort of peel back some of the layers yeah allow us to take a deep dive into your your normal hosts, so that you get to we're flipping the camera on them. Yeah, we're, we'll 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 get to hard hitting questions. Some really really <laughs> hard hitting questions. I mean, I got gonna... mug shots lined up. <laughs> <laughs> so it should be it should be a fun show today. Um, all sorts of stuff planned, of course. Uh, the the normal KMA segments, along with who knows. Who knows what yeah, will happen along, do a knife along fight, the way. Uh, about 45 minutes in in studio. So the there's going to be a, yeah, lot, be, a lot of good stuff. That's going to be a blast. Um, uh, Jordan, now uh, typically you're producing, so you're sort of you know behind all the... I turn knobs and you know, gizmos. Knobs and, but today... I don't have any knobs to turn. Today, you're just, you're just, <laughs> I'll you're turn just like one of us. Yeah, go ahead and just turn. Just some a knobs. normal boy. Feel normal. <clears throat> all right, so uh, let's bring on our guests, shall we? By the way, when I read the, when I read the thing... I almost said good morning, loyal listeners, librarians. <laughs> all, the li- all the librarians is huge. With it's big, it's, they're, they're big with librarians. So uh, that would have been good. All right, let's bring them on. Our guests, Honest Abe. Good morning, my friend. Good morning, gentlemen. Well, how are you today? How are you today, Abe? Now, now you, you've had a couple hours to like prepare yourself. You know, Essentially, we're just boom, roll right out of bed, boom, we're on. Oh, well, that's probably when you guys are at your best. Well, yeah, honestly, yeah, and most sober. You're yeah. probably wearing pants, huh? <laughs> I not so I, not so much. All I gotta say is one: thank you for the hom- the two homages you paid with uh, using my intro and uh, pronouncing your name the way I would say it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, of course. You know, I'm trying to keep within the, the whole, sanctity the, of the show. The theme, yeah, exactly. The sanctity of the show. And, uh, we uh, all- I want to also thank you guys one for uh, taking over and hosting KMA's last episode of 2020. Good, goodbye and good riddance to this year. Cheers. 
2020? Potentially the last episode ever, you know, <laughs> d- depending on how we do. <laughs> and, and I just want to know where those pictures came from because that looks like Jordan's like prom picture. Oh man, I'm so sexy in that prom. Oh. <laughs> that looks like that. look at that. Uh, that looks like prom uh, picture. Oh, yeah. It's like you just came out of uh, glamour shots. Uh, yeah, right. That was actually I if I was gonna be if I was gonna be a realtor, that would be my <laughs> that would be my shot right there, you know. There's probably like a like a realtor's, you know, photography <laughs> yeah. service where they Yeah, just... how's it going? Dave Dave the realtor photo guy. And then they all you have to just put it on a bench somewhere. <laughs> and of course, uh Alex uh, Tavella, the Southpaw from South Philly. How are you doing, Alex? Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Thanks I, for having me. I do like that <laughs> sweatshirt. Look at that. Oh, yeah. Look at oh, that. This rapper. Awesome. But with rapper. a W. See, do you get it? You would have fit in last night because we had uh, ugly sweater night on the dojo. Are you calling my shirt ugly? Yes, but I love it. It's it's, <laughs> it's ugly in a fantastic way. Are you kidding me? I, I, I do not own a ugly Christmas sweater. Never yeah. have. Don't be such a French. I don't think I've ever had a sweater. Sweaters, I kind of have naturally built-in sweaters. The sweater's never been an article of clothing I've gravitated to actually ever wear. Well, in South Florida, you don't need a lot of insulation. You, I, didn't need <laughs> I don't know if they make 7X um, ugly sweaters. It's a lot of sheep. It's <laughs> a lot of sheep. And uh, last but not least, the Italian scallion called the Rocco. <laughs> Paul, how are you this morning? I'm feeling great. I'm still wearing my my sweater from last night watching Dojo. Look at that—that's pajamas. Smells a little bit like fire. Well, I have. I'm not wearing pants either, actually. <laughs> Be careful the next time you stand up. That could have been the end of KMA Radio right then. That was a pull. The practically pulled a Jeffrey Tubin right then. All right, boys. Um, you guys, you guys have to be. Uh, I'm, I'm proud of you for actually being here. I wasn't a hundred percent sure <laughs> if you were gonna log on. I was a little nervous. I'm not gonna play that waiting game. You sent the link. I mean, like, I'm hey. here, but I haven't really quite logged on yet. I was like, I was <laughs> you like, know what hey, I mean? <laughs> hey guys, if you're having any issues, just let me know. <laughs> yeah, like that was me going. Oh God, please. Now I see you guys showing your your cigars. Um, well, somebody asked what we were smoking. Okay, we've got those ready as well, right here. But uh, that's we're saving this for the second half of the show. Um, Jordan, what do you got? Doggy, you go. Yeah, you wake up. New Dojo Dogma Madero, twenty twenty. I I I think me and Jack are smoking the same thing. A little uh, tobacco. Yeah, wait, it's, you got some coffee going on. A little tobacco. I got a I got a Ninjaragua lined up as well. Soon to be unicorn. I oh, keep so do I. I keep that holding up. I keep day. holding it up just outside of the camera. It is a unicorn. <laughs> Soon to be. It's wow. It's unicorn. Unicorn. Yeah. They sold out. They're gone forever. So uh, wow. Yeah, gone forever. And that was what 30, 30 minutes, thirty five seconds, thirty minutes. And uh, so far, Abe, the 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 review the reviews from Dojo Verse are pouring in. People love that cigar. Hundred percent. Thumbs up. We still got people who haven't gotten their packages, which is mind blowing. Um, I mean, the, the USPS and UPS system right now is a, a disaster, a dumpster fire. Yeah. Never the seen it like in in fifteen years of doing mail order. It's it's mind boggling. It's like total disarray. Well, I mean, just imagine you've got the pretty much the entirety of the United States and the world essentially all ordering online this year. I mean, nobody's buying anything at a 
brick and mortars hardly. And so it's got to be threefold the amount of mail. I'm I'm just assuming this is the issue, right? I mean, it's uh, threefold the, the amount of mail, probably more even. It's uh, people being sick. They don't have the staff. I think what staff they are hiring, they're completely untrained and, and, and not ready. But, I mean, you got to have some planning. I mean, forget, look, not processing it or not getting to it and slowly, but they got tracking numbers, packages going around the world two or three times, you know, you know, in limbo for three weeks and then showing up. I mean, it's just, there was, without a doubt, some definitely poor planning there. All right, boys. Uh, enough of that depressing mail talk. <laughs> Who's uh, the post- postmaster? General? That's that's our new segment. Talk about mail. <laughs> right? <laughs> Mail's on mail. It's really going to be exciting. Mail call. Uh, <laughs> uh, mail call's better. That's what we're going with. We're going to uh, we're going to start the show off by really, uh, you know, basically judging you guys, and then and oh. we'll see how you guys do on this. Uh, oh. I like to call this this segment uh, "Grab Me a Cigar." And uh, here's how it works. I'm going to bring up four scenarios with you guys. And I'm going to give you 10 seconds. And you have to tell me what cigar you're going to bring me to smoke in this scenario. And then me and Jack and Jordan will judge your... Viciously. Your, your, we'll, we'll viciously judge your ability to pick the appropriate cigar. Oh, God. For the appropriate... <laughs> this was especially for Paul. We wanted to do this. <laughs> Paul's going to be going first every time. Now, if, if here, here's the thing. Here are the rules. Here are the rules. Uh, one, you get 10 seconds to come up with a cigar. And that cigar uh, needs to be an actual, like, uh, you know, a brand and a actual type of cigar, not just something vague. Like, like the size of a cigar. Yeah, I bring you something mild. <laughs> you know, it's got to actually be like a a cigar, if possible. If possible. Do your best, Paul. It's got to be a cigar. <laughs> <laughs> what is and, that? Wait, what, what? you know I'm on this show, right? I smoke cigars regularly. I know, I'm just teasing you. And uh, <laughs> I, I, we'll sort of do a snake draft. We'll make the first guy go last in the second round and the last guy go, you know, that kind Jack, of thing. Jack, can you come up with a jingle for this segment? We're talking about grab me a cigar, speed round. Do it now. <laughs> All right. So uh, the first one. Now I'm. Just, I'll scream out the name of who has to answer this. Scream. I'm gonna scream it out. All right. So here's the scenario. I'll, I'll I'll sort of stretch it out a little bit so you have some time to think as I'm doing it. It's a brisk morning. I'm on the I'm on the patio at the Boynton Beach store, and I've got coffee. And a newspaper. I'm by myself. Abe DeBabna, grab me a cigar. Particularis Corona. Mm. Wow, he would see how quick he was there. He had it before you even said the scenario. All right. I, Alex. Think, I, I think I actually do that many mornings. That's why. Yes. Alex, <laughs> Alex, grab me a cigar. Sober Mesa Brulee. Mm. Mm. Damn it. Paul, <laughs> grab me a cigar. Well, I, this might be considered wrong, but I would smoke an El Wawense. That's the worst answer I've heard. In <laughs> There's no wrong answer. That's perfect. Oh, yeah, right. It's that, like, how do, you right. T- how do you take your coffee, you know? It's now, black. Well, I, always black. So. Thank you. I think, boys, what, who do you think wins Who do you think wins that uh, round as I, the best pick for that scenario? Sober Mesa. I'm a little biased, but I like a little cream in my coffee, and I, I like the the specifically the coffee at smoking. I with the little like sugar stir thing. Oh yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, the world famous cappuccino. One time I drove up there 90 minutes just to just to have it. I was like, I had no reason to be there. And I was like, Abe, I gotta be honest, I just came here for the coffee. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I would I think that, that Alex's pick, I like that as well. You're going sober Mesa. I, I think it's a it's a pretty close call between Alex and Abe. Um I, although I have no issue with the uh El Wednesday either. I mean, that's still a good choice for that. Um uh, but I think I'd have to lean towards the Sober Mesa. Alex. I didn't realize that this was literally going to be a competitive. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> this is, a, this is, hey, this is serious, Jack. We're Listen, I was going to tell Paul there are no wrong answers, but obviously there are. So <laughs> we told you we were going to viciously judge your, uh, we're, we're going to be unnecessarily judgmental, by the way, on, on these. All right, here, here, this is a tricky one now. All right, this is a tricky one because of the uh, situation here. All right, it's lunchtime. I'm there on business, and I'm there with some business associates that uh, I don't know what they like to smoke, and nor do you. So we, we, we have to pick something for everybody. We're getting like five cigars, but they're not different cigars. They're all the same cigar. So specific. I know. So very, they only very speak specific. Japanese. Yeah, these guys are <laughs> Finnish oil tycoons. <laughs> all right, Paul, grab us some cigars. Uh you know what? I a lot of times when people I'm not sure what they smoke all the time, I go to Espinosa Laranja. Mm. Oh yeah, because that's one of my favorites. Laranja. Laranja. Wow. Well, in in Portuguese, it's Laranja. I believe the proper. But if you say it the way is, Eric says it, it's, it's kind of like a bark. Yeah, like I think even in the whole in the whole Espinosa camp. There's like I, six different pronunciations. I hear it. It's yeah. like a dialect. It's, it's, it's at least, there's at least it's six. Larange. There's Larange. 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 All right. Uh, Abe, grab us some cigars. Uh, I'm going to go with, I think, Perdomo Champagne. Oh, that's a that's a winner. That's typically a winner amongst anybody. I don't. I, I like it. Um, <laughs> Alex, grab us some cigars. Fancy business, guys. I'm going uh, David off anniversary. You see, this you is see, a very this is a very tough decision. I got to tell you, this already shows that these guys know their stuff. They're good, right? Like if we if we did this show with any other guests, these answers would be a disaster. But I, <laughs> I think I honestly think all, so far all three of those picks are pretty pretty well, stellar. The Perdomo Champagne is like a brilliant like blanket cigar. Like okay. how fancy are the business guys again? <laughs> They're Finnish oil tycoons. Right. Oh, wait, hold on. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Now, <laughs> <laughs> have, have, have you asked all three of us yet? Yes. 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 So look, so, I'm, I, I, can, I, can I throw a twist in? Yes. Okay. I'm going to ask each one of you really quick. What could be the worst pick in that scenario? The worst pick in that scenario would be an asylum pandemonium. <laughs> oh, it's just a good nice choice. lunch. That's yeah. good choice, like like a Roma Craft Chrome uh, femur. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, say in our portfolio, like a Kentucky Fire cured, because you just have no like. Some people love it so it's like so polarizing. So it's like a cigar that people are 50-50 on, and then you just. I gotta, I gotta respect Jack. He picked a cigar from the company he works for. I said it was a bad choice, though. So it's kind of like a, a negative mark, but it's still they're well made. They're delicious. Buy some, please. <laughs> <laughs> Save my job. Uh, <laughs> who said the Davidoff? That was Alex. Yeah, Alex. I gotta go. I gotta go with you, man. Ah, you're gonna go, Alex, two in a row. Two I, in a row. I, I, I tend to. I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. 
I'm going to uh, break the trend here. I'm going to go with Paul <laughs> because I feel like uh, the the Laranja, and I'm going to say it that way, is just a an approachable cigar. Everybody loves it, and it's good at any time of day. So it hits several uh, key cornerstone. Jack, you better say Abe. I am actually angry. picking Abe because because that the Perdomo Champagne yeah. is a great cigar if you're a novice cigar smoker. So if you're with a group of guys and you're there on business, maybe some of them don't smoke cigars or not that often. And if you smoke cigars forever and you pick up a Perdomo Champagne, you're still like, ah, I remember you. you <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, yeah, I agree. Both both Abe and Alex's pick have something genius about them. But Laurent is just a great cigar. Um, and the, the genius thing with Abe's pick is what you just said. And the genius thing with um, Alex's pick, what Jordan agreed with, is that you're going to impress these business guys. They want to see how much that costs. You know, with this Davidoff. <laughs> these Finnish oil tycoons, they, <laughs> they know. And is, is there a lot of oil exploration? <laughs> crazy amount in, in, Finland. in Finland. I did not know that. <laughs> All right. Somebody Google that. I, I, I have a buddy that lives in Finland now. He moved from Florida to Finland. If you can imagine, for the oil, more polar opposite. <laughs> no, polar, polar opposite. Nice. Uh, in the uh, Arctic Circle. Nice one. Um, all right. Uh, the next scenario goes something like this: It's dinner time. Uh, we've got big, juicy red steaks on our plate. Oh. We've got a red. If only they had a cigar that would apply in this scenario. <laughs> you guys, you guys cannot pick the same. No the same, you, can't, you can't double up. You can't double up. The new rule: uh, red wine has been poured. red wine, red meat. I love <laughs> meat. <laughs> I've got you're in a, a club. I've got a tie on, and I've got my nice white uh, shirt going. Uh, Paul, grab me a cigar. I know you're going to think I'm going to go to one specifically, but actually I would grab a Sin Compromiso. Mm. It's got some stank on it. It's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a meaty <laughs> stick. Um, all right. Uh, Abe, grab me a cigar. I would have grabbed a Red Meat Lovers Club, but there's none to grab. So mm. I'm not going to pick that one. Um, but uh, – when I see myself in that setting, I probably would do a uh, Padron Exclusivo Maduro. Ooh, I can't go wrong there. Alex, grab me a cigar. Man, Abe, Abe took my answer down to the size. So with that, <laughs> out of, literally, with that out of the way, I will go Tabernacle Toro. Oh, the Tabernacle Toro. All right, so we all Tabernacle picked... OG, like the the, the broadly. Yes, dear. And so everybody now Jordan's picks, like doing verification questions. Mm. Now, what year? When did you get this box? How is it maintained? <laughs> you know, I'm going to get a bunch of messages from manufacturers. So my cigar, <laughs> my cigar is good with wine, huh? <laughs> That's uh, the goal: is to alienate as many people as yeah, possible. Exactly. <laughs> All right, boys, uh, what do you what do you think? How did they do? How, who did the best on that one? I'm gonna go, uh, Paul. That is that is a meaty that uh, that cigar's got some iron on it. Yeah, yeah. iron. It is a that is okay. So that's the San Andreas Maduro wrapped stick, but it is one of the most earthy, minerally smokes that you can. Oh, it's got it's got so much like mineral. You have to start getting into like the metals. It's got like uh, oh, it's got like, some hints of ore in there. You know? <laughs> a little rust. 
Uh, Jack, how do you think uh, it's hard? To, it's hard to argue against Abe's pick there. I mean, when 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 have you ever been let down by that cigar? Ne- never right. gonna happen. Mm. No matter how your steak is cooked, that cigar is gonna be medium rare. That's not a thing that people would say. Uh, <laughs> Ignore me. Just keep going. I'm gonna. I'm going to also go with Abe's pick because I feel like uh, when you when you have that nice steak that you're spending. You know, eighty dollars on or whatever, ten thousand dollars, and that red wine. You know, you just you just want uh, that Padron is just not going to let you down. The draw is going to be perfect. Got to go with Abe on that one as well. What's the? Anybody got a leaderboard? Yeah, do we have a leaderboard? No, we don't. We didn't. We're not that prepared. (laughs) (laughs) It's like whose line is it anyways? The points don't matter. What's the anti-smoke for the occasion? The worst smoke in that uh, regard, I would say the worst smoke in that regard would be a uh, like a Macanudo. You just wouldn't you, like would, a, you wouldn't a, taste a, it. American Spirit, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but the cigar you're smoking right now. Yeah, that, yeah, that might be that may be an odd uh, combination. You, you wouldn't want something that had any kind of flavor to accompany it. What, no, would you, no, what would you, what would you say, coffee. Jordan? What, well, what would be a bad choice? Well, that's what I just said. You're, you're Tabic. All right, you already yeah. Tabic. Tabic. That's how you pronounce it. Uh, All right, boys. This is the final scenario. And by the way, if you're watching on Facebook, and I'm sure you are, um, if you heard what I just said, then uh, <laughs> throw throw out your uh, picks for these as well. Uh, we want to see what you guys have to say as well, and especially on this final one. All right, here's the final one. Um, I'm trying to think who who did I make go first last time. All right, oh. all right. Well, here we go. No, so. I'm here I am. I know. I went first the last two times. I'm just right. throwing it out. Did there. you, Paul? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. We'll make you go first again this time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, here it is. It's it's late at night. I'm at the lounge. I'm there with my wife. We're having That's a good clarification. <laughs> and you don't know if she smokes or not. Things are starting to get frisky. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're we're having cocktails, and boom, Abe, bring me a cigar. For you, for you or your wife? Both. You got to bring us a oh, cigar. Jeez, that's that's come on. Yeah, man, it's kind of a. What are you drink? What cocktail are you drinking? Just a vague. Uh, we should... are, we're drinking uh, gin and tonics. That oh. shouldn't even be a question for you, Abe. I can tell you what cigar you go to. Oh wow! Here, for, for Abe, for you, for you and your wife, I know what you would be smoking. Is, okay, well, I need to understand the question. Is this for me or my wife, or you and your wife? This is for me and my wife. You don't know. You don't know what we like. And I say, Abe, oh. bring us you cigars. Don't you don't know me. You don't know my pain. <laughs> my struggles. I'm gonna bring you. So it's going to be something that I think you both might enjoy. She's got to enjoy the same exactly. scar as you, right? Exactly. Kill Bill. Ooh, wow. I would wow. have never in a million years imagined you to pick that one. I, I When this round is over, we got to ask Abe what was the what was the reasoning behind That was interesting that you pulled that one out. Um, Alex, bring us a cigar. I'm going to go Oliva Milano. Robusto for you, number four for your wife, because we know she's not going to finish it all. <laughs> you don't know my wife. <laughs> all right, Paul, bring us a cigar. Well, I'm going to agree with Tim McCabe. I was going to say uh, most of the time I go towards, I gravitate towards an acid blondie uh, back in the day when I was a dating man. But I, I would actually say Cuba Cuba because I think that 
that's a little bit heartier of a cigar. So you might enjoy that as well as your wife. And you said so, you were drinking a gin and tonic. That might be a nice mm-hmm. little. Mm-hmm. I would say acid Cuba Cuba. Once again, uh, excellent choices from all three. Uh, what do you think, Jack? And and wait, wait, before we get to that, uh, Abe, Kill Bill, like that's a bit of a one from the, a blast from the past. Um, what made I don't you, even know what that is. I had to Google it. What made, so you, what made you pull that one out of the humidor for us? Being that I couldn't ask any questions, right? Okay. So I don't know nothing about what you like, right? I, I'm, I steered away from any box press, right? Because some people just, especially if you don't know what they like, some people just are not tuned to box press cigars. And... It's a size that's tolerable for kind of really anybody. So you don't want to give somebody too big, something too small. It's not too light where it's got nothing. It's not too strong. And I that was like one of my go-to, like, I need a quick cigar. I want to enjoy something. I liked it. And that, because that's my size lately. And then it transferred into now like a Davidoff uh, uh, 702 Corona. But, you know, I, I don't know this couple, so I'm not offering them an $18 Corona cigar. Kill Bill just covers all the bases. I think it's something that, she could enjoy, he could enjoy, and it, it, it just gave me the biggest target pool of being successful in my mind. Gotcha. That, that was it used to be that's the kill bill too. That's the two, Paul. Good try though. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think the, I think the, the audience gets the gist. All right. So uh Jack, what are you what are your thoughts? That that was they were really all over the board on that answer. But it, I think they were all pretty good. What did you think? Well, Ooh. I'm I'm picking Paul. I think that the the key for me was when you said gin and tonic because then you got the acid maybe some botanicals and it's a good the quirky, the quirky guys always stick together yes <laughs> that's weirdos we, that's all we got <laughs> now, now, he's trying to keep his job yes I, I have to pick as, legally as we think this through alex remind me what you said again remind me oh that's right right yeah. oh, and you had two different vitolas for me and my wife jordan what do you think how, how did they do who would you i i'm gonna go with abe on this one because you just hit the sweet spot of, you know, I, you go Melania, I feel like it's a little too manly for me and my wife. And you go Cuba Cuba, it's a little too girly for me, the guy. And you just hit the sweet spot right in the middle. You know, that? it's a delicate size. Um, and and a pro, and the profile could fit both both people as well, I think. Hmm. I, I'm going to have to agree with Jordan on this one. I think Abe uh, intriguingly picked a... A threaded cigar. The he threaded the needle. A very, a very a Goldilocks. Style, yeah. You <laughs> know? Goldilocks. Boom. And so, uh, you know, that's this brings up an interesting. Uh, good job, Abe. Uh, so, who won? The, who won the most rounds? Uh, uh, Paul. Wow. <laughs> I think I won two. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Who the Who the hell would have guessed that? Nah, definitely not me. I mean, <laughs> just kidding. No, we 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 knew all along you were going to win. Uh, it was rigged. Actually, Abe was leading, but at 3 a.m., some bullets came in. Classic. Classic. Election fraud vote joke. Yeah. Too soon. Too soon. But no, this does bring up an interesting uh, sort of argument that we have sometimes back and forth in the studio, and I'd like to get your guys' take um, on this. You, When you have friends – now, this is not another scenario, so we're, 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 that's over. Good job. Everybody did great. Um, <laughs> you're, you no longer are being tested. But when, when, you're, when you're having friends at your house and they are not smokers. And they spend the night at you know, and they in your live basement. In and <laughs> so there's sort of two trains of thought. They want to smoke cigars. There's sort of two trains of thought. Hey, uh, we'd like to smoke some cigars. They've never smoked cigars. Maybe you're playing poker or something like that. There's sort of two trains of thought. Uh, a, you get them cheap stuff because you don't want to waste it because they're probably not going to smoke through it. Or B, 
you get them something pretty nice because you want them to experience uh, what a premium cigar is all about. Now, uh, Jack, you've run into this a lot because you, 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 a lot of your buddies, you're hanging yeah, I, out. It's like it's kind of like the classic. Like I, I would pick for them like a nice like golf course cigar, like something that's that's solid. But I, I don't want them to have a bad like you know. There was the prevailing thought: you just give them a terrible cigar. Like you have that, you know, you have that one bag that's not even in your humidor. It's just like a bag with like a bovida pack in it. And there's like 15 like dark sharks and cigars that are just kind of like floating there. I think you give them that; they might just not like it because. They, they don't like bad cigars. I would say, like, a, for me, it would be like Undercrown Shade. It's just, it's solid. It's not going to, like, scare anybody off. But you got to give them something that's quality, but not too strong or crazy. All right, so, boys, that's sort of like the two sides of the coin, the argument. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on that? When you have friends that want to smoke, ne they've never smoked, what do you give them? Who are you asking? Uh, all three of you guys. Just, uh, all of you say it all at, at the same time. <laughs> three, two, one, go. Just uh, discuss it amongst yourselves. <laughs> I've always had a system in my house, right? First off, as a host, you never give people cheap shit, right? Mm -hmm. So that's just never an option if you're a real host. Agree, right? agree, always so agree. You don't, you don't give cheap. But I did have a two-tier system in my humidor, right? So the stuff on top would all be good stuff, never nothing rare. Never nothing like uber strong or, or you know, refined or, or you know, or, or, or anything because you don't know who's ever coming over. All the good stuff would be on the tier below, right? All the rare stuff, full-bodied, whatever, different experiences. And I, would, I was always open my humidor and let them take whatever they want off the top. Now, if you see they're really into it and there's it, then, yeah, then the next time or even that later on that night, they get to delve down deeper. I see they smoke the whole cigar. They didn't like take two puffs and then let it sit in the ashtray because, you know, in in the words of um, oh Chaz Palminteri role. What what's his what what's the uh, Bronx Tale? What's his character's name? Sonny. 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 In the words of the great Sonny, nothing in life is worse than wasted talent. Nothing in life is worse than wasting a good cigar. So you don't waste a great. You don't you don't waste a good cigar, and. Um, you know, I just put like I got mine separated, but always quality stuff. Never, no, you no crap stuff in my house. I'm not giving that to a guest in any means, but you want to test the barometer. You don't want to waste a good cigar and someone who doesn't appreciate or know about it. So you just give them some of the midline, medium, light bodied stuff, easy stuff, training wheel stuff. Sometimes all the top row, and if they're worthy, they get to go to the bottom of it. I like how you flipped the. Um... Usually, the top shelf is the good stuff. You flipped it so that they get a you open the humidor up and they just get to go in there themselves. Nice touch. And they feel, and they feel like they're getting top shelf stuff, right? right? He probably has like a book in his library that you like pull it, and then there's like a secret room of all the releases. <laughs> like you have to like you have to like biometrically scan to get into like the fourth tier, the inner sanctum of Abe's humidor. <laughs> Listen, I didn't even know that there was a bottom portion to Abe's humidor. He's only ever giving me stuff on the top. <laughs> Yeah, Paul, up up top. There's all those cigars for you. <laughs> all right, Paul. What's your strategy when you're when you're handing out cigars to friends that uh, don't know what they're what they're doing yet? If somebody has never smoked, uh, my go-to is I always have a box of uh, particulares here because I think that that is a really really good introduction cigar. So if they've if they've never smoked, because uh, that's a great everyday smoke, I will give them I will give them one of those. 
if they've smoked and they're not really sure what they like. Um, it, it really depends on the person, but I'm with Abe. Like I like to give them, give them good stuff, but you know, it, it depends on what their, what their, their palate may be like and what we're, what we're drinking. Cause there's usually alcohol at my house at any given time. But, uh, I, I would say Sobra Mesa is a good, a good one to give people. I think not, yeah. not necessarily a brulee cause I still have never had one. Yeah. Okay. So you're talking about the uh, the original sober mesa. That's that's actually a pretty good pick as well. Um, Alex, what do you what do you, what do you go with? What would you? So here's the thing. You know, I, I guess I'm kind of lucky in this and not having to have strangers um, pick through my humidor. But I live in a communist gated community where we're not allowed to smoke on the property. <laughs> what? What? Force? Really? Really, really, really. Little did I, this was unbeknownst to me, and then my girlfriend signed the lease, and then, you know, it was up my ass. Fortunately, I live two minutes from smoking Boynton Beach, so it's, you want to have a cigar? Come on, let's go over to Boynton. It's two minutes away, and go ahead and pick through the human door. But I am opposite of Abe. My good stuff sits on top, and uh, everything else is on the bottom. And when I do have people over, like a lot of times my girlfriend's father um, comes, and I just, you know, you know, I'm in the business, so I let him take some stuff. I give him a mix. I give him a little bit of good stuff and, you know, two or three good stuff and a couple of whatevers. Now, but, uh, Alex, just real quick, uh, would it make a difference if you had friends over when you were in South Florida or friends over if you were in South Philly? Like, would those, would you, would it, would you hand out different stuff hey, wait, wait, based yeah. on, I'm, I'm smoking here. <laughs> that, that's a good point. Um, so if I was in South Philly, um, my home shop, the twin shop in South Philly is like, uh, Espinosa headquarters North. Oh, I've so been there many times. I love the place. Love those guys, but that's like Espinosa headquarters. So it would probably be, a, you know, I know everybody is probably has smoked or enjoys Espinosa or if not, they know him. So they'll take it. Um, down here, I'm not a go pick through my humidor guy though. I wouldn't, you like something mild ah, here? Try this. You ever had this here? I don't, there's no kind of digging in my stash. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm not like Abe. Abe has his humidor out. Yeah, he's I, like, I, okay, have, well. I have three humidors, and they're they're tucked away back where nobody goes in my house. Yeah, I I, I think the Espinosa Habano is a is a pretty good pick in this uh, regard because it's somewhere in between and it's very very consistent and there's that uh, enough spicy flavor that I think they would get. You know the gist of the whole premium cigar sort of hobby, Jordan. What would you uh, lean towards? Uh, yeah, well, it depends on who these guys are. You well, know, let's just say there's, a, there's gen- some of these a guys, generic a roving, guys, a roving band. You do have to keep those really terrible cigars on hand because there's some guys that they just won't finish. Well, that's a like cigar. three a.m. Like an inch of a cigar. You give those guys the the really bad cigar, <laughs> but, but you don't you don't know that. <laughs> I, I know these guys. I know. I know who we're talking you about. Don't know, you, so you're saying that you can prejudge them? You I, know. In my head, I know who's coming over right now. I, I don't like this guy. No, <laughs> uh, no. I would probably. <laughs> Why does he keep coming up? I'd probably give somebody just a, a generic dude, uh, <laughs> a Perdomo 12 year barrel aged. Oh Maduro. wow! It's, it's a cheap. So it's an affordable, not cheap. It's an affordable cigar, and it's super tasty. And no, you know that's that's a consistent cigar. The draw is going to be perfect. The burn's going to be perfect. Wow. Have you, have you ever had something go like the opposite way on you where you're like, this guy, no, like, oh, he's a cigar smoker. And you give him something nice and then they like light it backwards and you're just like, oh, oh no, <laughs> no, well, this ha- is really good. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, I, we have we have a good friend and he's actually a cigar smoker. And 
he'll smoke like two inches of the cigar, and that's it. And it's that's the guy. That's who. I, that's who's coming <laughs> it's, over. It's infuriating. Yeah, tag him on Facebook really quick. <laughs> that drives me nuts. You get enough. At least he smokes half of it then. Yeah. yeah there you go. <laughs> All right, enough of this old cigar talk. Uh, about the show, boys. Um, <laughs> KMA this year. Obviously, this has been this has been a nutty uh, a year in in every you know uh, description that you can come up with for a year. This year has had it. But what about the show? How's the show been this year? How would you characterize uh, the year that was for uh, KMA Radio, Abe? Uh, well, you know, it was. Uh, it was uh interesting year um you know we were all set to build a studio we had drawings architectural plans and then um we had to look for a new location and by the time we started doing that covid hit then we lost about a month on the air i think almost before we figured out how to do the show that we were doing it now um but our fans stuck with us um, I, I think the quality of the show has gotten better. We've got we've learned how to make videos and ads and put things up on screen. And and because of now of COVID, everybody's been a lot more accessible, which I'm sure you guys have experienced. You know, so getting guests on the show is has been easier. And um, our, our fans stuck with us, and our, our followers and our our viewerships is high, highest now as it's ever been. So. We were we were kind of just happy where we're at and happy that we were able to continue to do the show. I think all of us love the show. I think Alex has been a great addition to the show, um, and uh, I'm excited about some of the stuff we got planned in 2021. Yeah. So so Alex, uh, doing the show this year, uh, thinking back on the guests and the episodes and whatnot, uh, are there were there any sort of shows that stick out in your mind as particularly memorable for uh being you know very really interesting and informative or uh, a train wreck um you know i just 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 real quick uh our show that we do on friday nights you know same kind of thing abe it's sort of been a different year but i mean the guests are always interesting we've had you know from you know cynthia fuente which was super interesting to to uh, Tony Bellato, you know, when he just closed on his house and he was feeling a little pretty good. But so, so Alex, uh, same kind of thing. Like what shows stick out in your mind as ones that were, you know, uh, we should go back and maybe uh, rewatch on YouTube. So actually for the biggest train wreck was actually a show. It was my first show that I guest hosted on. I wasn't even on the show yet. Um, and I, I have to, assume that that's got to be in the top five of train wreck shows paul wasn't there but that was the lars teton show that was the first <laughs> show i i mean it's got to be top five train wrecks but um the the carlito show which you know i've only done a few so far but the carlito fuente show was uh was a really memorable one it was a fun show but it was also a really sentimental show um and, uh, you know, it's kind of the feedback we got from everybody, you know, it had a little bit of everything. It was fun. It was, it was formative. There were big releases coming out and it was very sentimental talking about their fathers and even Abe got sentimental in it. So that was definitely a memorable show. How much time, Alex, do you spend, uh, preparing for the show each week? <laughs> um, probably more than Paul and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Two minute drive. <laughs> <sighs> All right, now Paul, you get the you get the rough end of the of the stick on these uh, since you're the producer and you're having to uh, 
sort of like herd all these cats together to, you know, bring the show together every, you know, Saturday morning. What are your thoughts on uh, shows that you could uh, kind of think of this year that sort of stick out in your mind? I'll tell you, there's there's three in mind and for different reasons. So the first one is the second time we had Lito Gomez on the guy. I, we had met him once. He had been in the studio once. He's just, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't even really know the words to describe. He's just such a great guy and a really great interview. And I, I never feel like he's giving us a company line, you know, like he, he's not like a, he's not like a promotional type of guy. He's, he's honest. He talks about, you know, how many cigars he had to throw out literally when he, when he first started. And uh, he's just got these like real honest and, and truthful stories that he tells that I, I'm just, infatuated with listening to him on the show mm -hmm. um, any, manu any manufacturer can come up with the reason why they call the toro a bellicoso <laughs> that they just didn't know any better because they didn't know that bellicoso right. meant instead of coming up with a catchy story you know it tells you about how straightforward he is right uh, he's um, uh, jack's adopted grandpa yeah, he's actually. my he's my grandpa actually we really we one time and i was just like i, I think you're my grandpa now <laughs> That was actually at, was the, at the uh, Red Meat Lovers Club, the the pre-dinner before. It was like a watershed moment for me, for sure, yeah. Yeah, Jack and him just really hit it off. It was incredible. Lito was so classy there, too, with the white scarf. He okay. just, I was he, like, I want to be him when I grow up. He managed to put his hat on top of his headphones and still look cool, <laughs> yeah. which, like, nobody ever in the world has ever done that. I actually saw him start to do it, and I was like, oh, this is not going to turn out well. And he did it, and I was like, he still looks cool. How do you do it? <laughs> um, the the other ones that stand out, obviously Carlito, because I I've never met Carlito in person before. I had no idea what to expect. We didn't do a pre interview with him, and uh, he he was he was awesome on the show. It was really cool to hear from him. And then the one that stands out to me, the Lars Teton show. I wasn't there for, but I was I was available, so I I was paying attention, but. Uh, the Jonathan Drew 400th episode, uh, spectacular or uh, train wreck. Uh, it was that was one that was a, a little bit difficult for me, just because it was a technical train wreck. Yeah, it was a technical train wreck, and you don't know. Like, listen, I I didn't know Jonathan's a Long Island guy, so am I. So I was like excited to have him on. My first premium cigar ever was a Cuba Cuba, uh, so like it, this, it was a big deal for me. But you, I, you don't know what to expect from him. He was, but he was awesome on the show. It really was. We just had technical issues, and I was just nervous the entire show. I couldn't relax because we weren't sure if his hotel Wi-Fi was going to conk out at any minute. So throughout the show, hopefully you didn't notice it as much because of the editing. But he literally would like talk, then Abe would ask a question, and we would lose the feed from him completely. So he was off the air completely, and I'm just like here trying to quickly get him back on the air. And it, that probably happened about 13 times during the entire show. So you're just like having just a wonderful. You're just sweating bullets, like ha ha ha. So the whole time, text, texting, texting him and Joe, and I'm like, oh my god, what's going on? Are we are we good? No, no, he's back. And then I see his face pop up. I'm like, oh, thank God. And then he'd answer the question. And then he disappear again. I'm like, oh god! So it, it was a fun, it was a fun episode, though. Technical wise, the biggest clusterfuck had to be yeah. Risty. Risty. Oh, Risty, that's right. Worse, because Risty won. He had flown in from out of town to be in studio. So mm -hmm. it's not like oh, we're just doing a remote. We'll just reschedule the show. He was in the studio, 
and the whole computer crashed. The motherboard died, right? So we got to be out of the studio. We got no computer. Our IT guy's off on Saturday. We called him. He, he, he literally stopped whatever he was doing. We went and bought a computer that he put together because the, the computers that we use for the show, you can't even buy in the store. Right. He had to build it. He built morning. it, put it together. We went to Boynton Beach because we didn't have studio time anymore. And we did the KMA show at two in the afternoon. Yep. And it, until this day, that's the highest watched KMA episode ever in the history of KMA. But we know it's probably because Risty hacked, you know. Yeah, <laughs> army of uh, Macedonian Macedonian hackers. army. You know, um, no, Risty's a great guy. He's. Hilarious. I would like to also mention that I think Paul, you now officially have lost the bet. How now so? we didn't bet, we didn't bet a signed dollar bill. Uh, then it doesn't count. Well, but he lost the bet because he bet. You know, because you know we have a pre KMA show meeting every week. We're a little more sophisticated than you guys, so we actually <laughs> have a pre show meeting. Yeah. You know, talk about what we want to do, I and. Wish. All Paul said last night was, you know, they're not going to have any questions for me. I he did why. say that. He did no, say I said, that. I said Alex and that I. Didn't understand you met me. What about <laughs> us? What about <laughs> us? What are they going to ask me? Professionals. They know how to run the job. I strive for perfection, so I'm always worried when we give the reins oh, to someone else. I've never seen a guy worry more than you. You know, uh, except Steve Sucker. <laughs> You, you guys, I got to say, the, 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 the technical uh, disaster show that we had this year actually turned out to be really funny. because So the, the idea of the show was it was going to be Gen X versus Millennials. And it was because I'm, I'm, I'm Gen X, Jordan's Millennial, and then Eric Espinosa Jr. is Millennial, and then Eric Sr. is a Gen Xer. So we we're going to kind of have this back and forth, you know, like, which is the better generation, you know, who knows more. And lo and behold, Eric Espinosa could not figure out how to join the show, the entire show. So the, the Gen Xer almost <laughs> just lost, lost by default. By, just yeah. lost by default. It, it, it was it was as if it was meant to be. And I was like, "Come on, Dad, you can't make your computer work." But um, it turned and out it was to a be, terrible show. It Don't was, go yeah, back and watch. Do not show. go back and watch the show. <laughs> but uh, no, Eric Eric Junior did uh, the best he could. We but, once had a show that we were supposed to interview like everybody in the entire that industry. Was amazing. Yeah, that was a Juan Cancel thing at his at his uh, event. He's like, "I'm going to get you every single manufacturer in the world," and we're like, "This is it. This is going to be the biggest show there ever was." Like we're we're writing down notes like crazy, and then Juan just couldn't connect to the internet at all. So we had we had Jack pretend to be like Jonathan Drew and like all the yeah. Guys I just we I just pretended to be each manufacturer. <laughs> it was like a 17 minute show, and we were just were like, "Let's let's cut this." Oh man, hey, uh, if speaking of that, um, you know, like if you guys were having say a big holiday party, Abe, and you could invite all of the cigar personalities manufacturers you know who would be good at some of these tasks like uh for instance um you know uh, the night before christmas somebody would traditionally read twas the night before christmas now who would you say would be a good candidate in the cigar industry some sort of cigar personality to read twas the night before christmas so so i got we have three choices here because the first two i'm a little tied on right um, it's going to be four actually, because they, they all make sense. First two, if you want, if you want a classic rendition, you either go with a Michael Hercotts or a Terrence Riley, right? Legs folded, scarf around the fireplace and the board. I don't know about <laughs> Terrence Riley. Uh, maybe, uh, <laughs> totally. Terrence Riley. Yeah. 
let's go Herclots. But I can see Terrence reading a good version, but let's say Herclots. If you want a comedic parody, then you got to go with Eric Espinosa or Fred Rui. Mm, yeah. That's Because Bacon will get worked into that story somewhere. <laughs> um, all right. So now um, you need somebody to uh, decorate the tree, Alex. Who would who do you think would... said Steve Saka? Yeah, if you want to make it a tragedy story. <laughs> no, no, you I, you got to save Steve Saka for us. There's a, there's something that he would be fantastic at, but we haven't got to that yet. Yeah, not uh, this, this part. Uh, the decor- decorating the tree. Alex, who do you suppose in the industry, you know, would have that artistic touch to make the perfect Christmas tree? If I got to decorate a tree, um, I'm going to go Nick Perdomo just because looking at his boxes and the way their boxes are decorated and seen, um, I think that's going to give me the most noticeable and well put together tree. Yeah, the garland would be like spaced out perfectly and right, like, right, right. Ornament place. That, that is a <laughs> genius response. You know, he'd be like, he'd be like, ah, nope. The the ornaments have to be seven centimeters apart to get the <laughs> the perfect viewing. And uh, right, right. And, then, and then you'd ask him, hey Nick, when are you going to put the star on? And he'd say, oh, that'll happen in twelve and a half minutes. <laughs> he ne- he never he never gives you any kind of a general answer. It's it's always an exact mi- to the minute answer. All right, uh, carving up the and cooking the uh, the turkey, Paul. Who who does uh, who does the uh, turkey dinner? Who who would cook it the best? Who would carve it up the best? Well, I mean, he's in the industry, but he's kind of outside the industry. But if I'm allowed to pick the Secretary of State, no, Evan Darnell. And he's got a cigar, the Red Meat Lovers Club. That's fair. Yeah, you can go. You could go him. Hey. Right, what was what that? Is- you, you cut out. I would have went with Jim Carney. Oh, oh actually, that's a that's a great choice. He's basically, a great choice. John Jeff. Carvey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it, everybody. Have a have a great weekend. <laughs> I'm out. That's pretty good. Um, if, I I wanted, think, if I wanted some like hard, you know, like uncooked pasta, I would call Eric Espinosa. I knew you were going to bring that up. I hope Eric's not watching. Um, <laughs> I'll hear about right. it later if he is. All right, Abe. This one should be easy for you. Um, playing Santa, you gotta have somebody play Santa. <laughs> I mean, so- Steve Saka's got the build, but God, that, I mean, we'd have no, to we'd have to like put a lot of drugs in. So Steve Saka, very drugged up or intoxicated, he gets a little happy. You know, when he's intoxicated, he, Steve Steve Saka, drugged up and intoxicated. And if it's not <laughs> him, then definitely Mark Williams. Yeah, I'd say that if we did Saka, you'd have to have like, like a the kids um, would he, the kids would say the president, and he'd be like, ah, there'd have to be like a, there'd have to be like a, there'd have to be like a counselor, like you know, counseling the kids, you know, directly after the each each uh, kid sat on his lap because he Mark, depressed them Mark, so badly. Mark Williams from Davidoff of Tampa, I think, is a perfect Santa. Oh yeah, he's uh, the the manager of the store up there. Is that the guy you're talking about? Yeah, I'm not sure what his title is, but he's there, and we've been friends for years. He comes to the Great Smoke every year. I think he's definitely uh, would be a good Santa. I was thinking, yeah, I, I was thinking Steve Sock all along, weren't you, Paul? I I thought it, but I it was the same thing. Like they'd be like, "I want a Hess truck," and he'd be like, "Well, you know, the marketing <laughs> on those." Uh... Why do all these kids want to sit on my lap? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of weird. <laughs> I you hate doing this. <laughs> they're drooling and they're all and they're peeing on themselves. <laughs> 
<laughs> I hate this. <laughs> oh, I mean, God. if you want a really fun Santa, uh, Nimish might be at oh. least at least comical for all of us. That's a great thing. But me, Saka would be like, you know, get off my lap, kid. Don't buy my cigars. <laughs> Nimish would at least welcome the children and be nice to them. I mean, he'd have to have eggnog right next to him, I'm sure. Of course. Well, yeah. Several several cups. All right, so finally, at the end of the night, you know, you got to have somebody uh, – you got to have somebody whipping up cocktails. Um, Alex, who do you, who do you have uh, – you know, as your mixologist making really good oh, it, it, It's Juan Cancel, old-fashioned. Yeah, so okay, that not even it's got to be unanimous. <laughs> yep. Mixing yeah. them with his pinky. <laughs> unanimous. I think the whole uh, pinky mixing thing ended with uh, the COVID situation. Yeah, I, I hope so. I'm immune. I, I, whatever is in Juan's, <laughs> on Juan's pinky is, I, I can't get anything. Well, you would think, but the whole pool party thing didn't end with COVID either for Juan, so you never know. You may still be mixing old fashions with his pinky. I got to say, uh, guys, I think we all agree that industry would be a lot more boring without Juan Cancel in it. I mean, <laughs> come on. The guy's uh, he's amazing, isn't he? He's a nonstop train wreck but fun at the same time absolutely is, kind of mean character. <laughs> <laughs> no i love, I love Juan. He's, he's, he's phenomenal he's phenomenal um all right so uh, so that would be an interesting holiday party um do you guys uh what's what's your holiday plan you guys is coming up a week from yesterday what's what's the plan for all three of you guys uh christmas plans well, we do a Christmas eat dinner at our house on Christmas Eve, and then we like to throw a uh, Christmas afternoon, early afternoon, or late morning brunch. And, yeah, we invite friends and family, so that's pretty much it. So pretty, you, you keep it pretty uh, pretty calm? Stay yeah. home. I like to stay home. Yeah. yeah. What, about, what about you, Paul? Well, normally we go up to Long Island, but because of uh, Cuomo, he's making it too difficult for us to, to get up there and – and then we'd have to quarantine, and uh, so, and we just spent three months up there, so it, it just doesn't make sense. We're, I'm not doing that drive ever again with two kids and two dogs from South Florida. So we are actually for the first time since I've lived in South Florida, we are staying in South Florida. Uh, you know, family. I have family in Georgia. Well, my my sister in law is in Georgia with her husband, so they're going to come and uh, spend Christmas Eve and Christmas Day with us. And maybe have one or two friends. We're always the house for the holidays, uh, except for Christmas. But every other holiday, my wife usually had to work. So we're always the, the, the people that do like the week before Christmas, do a Christmas dinner. And we take in all the orphan children from, uh, from South Florida that, that can't fly home. Oh, you cut out a little so bit they, there. You, you, oh, you sorry. Take in, you take in the orphan children, I think you said. <laughs> well, yeah, we oh, take man. in all the, orphan, all the orphan children from South Florida that – that uh, don't don't have a place to go. So we usually have a full house, but we'll we'll have one or two people here that we feel they're uh, clean enough. <laughs> so no orphans this year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alex, uh, what's what's on tap for you at the uh, Tavella household? So my Christmas plans are actually a little bit in limbo right now. Normally, every year, a group of about 25 of us, me and my friends and our families, we normally get together on Christmas Eve and go out and eat Chinese food. But um, this year, we're having a hard time finding a place that'll take 25 of us. So mm -hmm. I'm not sure. I may be at the Dababna residence this year. 
Well, my condolences on that one. Uh, <laughs> Jordan, what do you got planned? What's your uh, what's your holiday plan? Um, we we were gonna go stay in the mountains, but that fell through. Now we might go ice skating at the lake, and then that that's that's the plan. That's that's, that's something that you guys can't uh, do. Ice skate at the lake. I'm assuming that's out. We have an ice skate. Funny enough, there is an ice skating rink. Maybe what a like eight miles from us. Can I just make a quick clarification? Yes. I need to make a quick clarification because Eric Espinoza has now popped up. I just want to point out that I was not the one who brought up the hard pasta situation. It wasn't me. Hey, but it got brought up. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 <laughs> what is that? Just like al dente, right, Abe? I mean, uh, it was not al dente. It was a little further than that. A rocky. A rocky. Uh, uh, Jack, what are your, what's pretty, your pretty standard? We're getting together family, this and that. Um, but it's smaller. We kind of ch- chip down the group. So we're, we're having a, a more intimate Christmas, intimate, which I think will just mean more alcohol, but who knows? <laughs> All right. So we're, we're, we're approaching our, our, uh, break in the show commercial break. We've got all kinds of stuff in the, uh, in the final hour of the show planned. So make sure to, uh, stick with us folks. Thanks for everybody joining us. This is the dojo takeover. Of the KMA radio show. I hope you guys are enjoying it. Uh, having some fun on Facebook. Pour a new fresh cup of coffee. Coffee? Uh, or, or whatever. Or whatever. Of- <laughs> Fire up another cigar. Join us for the second uh, hour after the break. We'll be right back on KMA radio. You're on mute, Paul. You're on mute. Here we go. Can you hear me now? We're going to take a quick break to talk about our new sponsor and uh, someone that we're pretty excited about. So I'm going to bring up the guys over at Bonner Private Wines. If you enjoy wine, then you need to try Extreme Altitude Malbec from Argentina. Uh, They make it up in this uh, remote vineyard up about 9,000 feet. These things are miles from civilization. The result is inky red wine. You stare into this thing. It's like staring into your soul. They're also healthier than other wines, 10 times more longevity-boosting Reservatol, and 90% less sugar, no dyes, no flavor additives. But the best part is the flavor, blackberry, leather, smoke, little dark cherry, perfect with a cigar. Head on over to uh, kmatalkradio.com. You'll find the link to Bonner Private Wines, and uh, it's a wine from the third highest vineyard in the world. That's 8,950 feet. A lot more wine on there as well. No inflated prices. You're getting top quality wine for about half the price. Plus, listeners get 50% off shipping today. Just head over to kmatalkradio.com and click the Bonner Private Wines banner. We will be back with more after this. Hola a todos. Mi nombre es Elmer Suarez de La Flor de Copán en Honduras. My name is Ernesto Cranwinkel, and I'm from La Romana, Dominican Republic. Hola, mi nombre es Diana, soy de Manizales, Colombia. Días, Freddy Molina desde Estelí, Nicaragua. Hola, amigos. Saludos a todos. María Santis, orgullosa de ser puertorriqueña. Cheers. I'm Oliver. I'm from London, England. I love H. Uman Añejo. My favorite H. Upman Dominican cigar is the H. Upman Banker. My favorite H. Chapman cigar is the Herman's Batch. Favorite H. Chapman is the H. Chapman by A.J. Fernandez. Mi cigarro favorito is H. Upman Española. 
I highly recommend you try the H. Shutman 175th anniversary, awarded number 10 cigar of 2019. One world together with H. Shutman. Surgeon General Warning. Cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. And we are back. This is the Cigar Dojo takeover of KMA. Eric, you had, you pulled the perfect bathroom break timing Ooh. right there. That was almost like I I, I Jordan did not. He went. <laughs> he, he left. Jordan, right Jordan no. Room. Jordan's just leaving. He's he, just yeah, he's, he's gone. He's done with the show. Uh so yeah, it's the uh, it's the takeover, Jack. Yeah, and we're we are turning the camera around. Well, that's not the the camera is the same place it's always been. It's camera, but we in are interviewing. Location the amazing team at KMA. And also we're just doing the regular back half of the show. So what do we got going on right now? I believe it is time for the uh, meet your maker segment. And Oh, by the way, speaking of the meet your maker segment, it's time to fire these bad boys up right here. The, uh, the new Monte Cristo 1935 and a Rosario. So let's, uh, let's do it. Uh, Rafael Nodal, I believe is joining us for the meet your maker. There he is. How are you doing, my friend? Hi, guys. How are you? Thank ah. you for having me here. What an amazing occasion day. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's our show now, and we're not giving it back. <laughs> <laughs> now, look at you. I mean, don't you wish, Jack, that you could wake up on a Saturday morning and look as sharp as Raphael? I Nodal? think that Raphael sleeps in like a, like a oh, suit is, uh... pajama thing. <laughs> This is actually how I go to sleep every night. Yeah, yeah you that, know, this is this is my pajama actually. Yeah, my pajama. This is my PJs. So, uh, so Raphael, um, you have a uh, exciting new cigar to talk about. Uh, I'm holding it here in my in my hand, and I'm about ready to fire this bad boy up. Talk a little bit about this release and uh, what folks can expect from it. Well, first of all, I am having a terrible time uh, listening. It's breaking down. Just want to double check that my sound is good. Uh, so you just uh, give me a thumbs up. Yeah, but, we can uh, hear you perfectly. Excellent. Well, I cannot hear you, but uh, the Monte Cristo 1935. This is, uh, first of all, thank you. Thank you, guys. And thank you, Ape and the KMA uh, Fantastic Radio Show. As a matter of fact, in my car, my uh, my Florida driving license start with KMA, and I got it like that. On uh, yes, 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 yes. So something that I uh, we don't have the cigar dojo yet one, but uh, if I ever get to buy another car, <laughs> that that will be. I promise. But uh, <laughs> so I apologize again. I cannot listen. But uh, um, the 1935 uh, Monte Cristo is celebrating this year the the 85th anniversary. Uh, what an amazing brand and what an amazing opportunity to blend this with um, our friends, uh, A.J. Fernandez and our group of the maestros from Tabacalera, uh, uh, USA. And we are celebrating this uh, with an amazing anniversary. You know, we don't have a factory in Nicaragua and the Nicaragua's uh, uh, origin is, in a, is, is doing extremely well in the cigar 
in the cigar these days with the consumers. Uh, it's a land of uh, volcanoes, so you have a tremendous amount of flavors and profiles. And uh, we wanted to celebrate uh, the, this an amazing anniversary, right? How many brands are celebrating 85th anniversary? And uh, we decided to do a blend uh, to interpret or try to come up with the flavors and aromas. Oh, there you go. Yeah, fantastic uh, presentation. The flavors and aroma of the uh, Monte Cristo, first Monte Cristo blend. So we did work tremendously uh, and, and research the type of varieties on the time. And uh, when AEA and I started working on this a couple of years ago, we knew that we needed uh, a different type of tobacco in order to bring those flavors and aroma. And, and I think we, uh, we, uh, we tried our best. And now it's for the consumers, obviously, to, to, uh, to let us know what they think. All right. Um, now, this cigar, I assume, is uh, currently available at your uh, local tobacconist. It started shipping uh, this this week. This week started shipping. We tried. Let me tell you, we wanted to make sure we got it on December to celebrate the anniversary. But you know, this year has been uh, difficult, right? Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, but we are able to get it right at the end. Um, we had this plan for months in advance, but with everything that's been happening at the factory level then here in the United States, it was a little bit difficult. We did have several introductions during the year, but we were able to get it right at the end. So it's still <laughs> on the 85th anniversary. Uh, what's the uh, price point on this uh, bad boy? I, I that, um, I'm sorry, I apologize. Um, not, not getting the sound, but, okay. um, uh, can I hear anything? But Abe. I have to tell you available, available now, uh, price points are, are about $17. It's a little bit ex expensive. Uh, but, um, it is definitely has a lot of great tobaccos, a special tobacco. And we won, listen, there are a lot of great cigars on the market and you guys were having before, right? You were talking about, um, uh, the parties and the Christmas party, great cigar makers people that I love and respect, and that's why I'm in this industry. Um, but we wanted to, to do something special. And we want, when people think, uh, there you go, Diana is helping me with the, the question, $17 uh, MSRP. Uh, and uh, when people think about uh, Nicaragua luxury cigar, we want to, to make sure uh, people love and the, the Monte Cristo 1935 anniversary. All right. Hey, uh, uh, fantastic. I uh, highly recommend folks uh, give this a try. Very luxurious smoke, wouldn't you say, Jordan? Oh, man. I'm only a couple puffs in, but yeah, a lot of. This is my first. This is basic. This is kind of risky, right, Jordan, when you just fire it up on the show live and you never smoked it before. <laughs> and here we are. It's got a nice brown sugar sweetness to it, I think. A little brown sugar. Yeah, I, I noticed that as well. Uh, fantastic um, smoke, Raphael. Hey, Raphael. Uh, have you learned anything about yourself in lockdown and quarantine in 2020? Oh. Like, is there something that you didn't realize that you were really good at that uh, that uh, you figured out that hey, I'm pretty doggone good at making uh, scrambled eggs or something like that? Absolutely, and it has to do with food. As you know, anybody that knows me, obviously, look at my side. I think we lost him. Oh, we lost you, Rafael. I think we lost you. Okay, I'm back. I saw you guys oh, disappear. Um, 
uh, you know, is um, technical. You guys were talking about Carlos Carlitos uh, show before. This is turning out to be a difficult one. <laughs> That's all right. Hey, uh, well, we got the points across. Yeah, I mean, we're we're just we're just thankful that uh, you're able to come on and talk a little bit about the new cigar. It's always exciting when there's a new uh, Monte Cristo to uh, try out. Abe, you're smoking it right now. What are your thoughts on the cigar? Well, here's why I want to say Thank this, you guys. this is a new segment. This is a new segment we're calling a spotlight feature, where we want to bring on for quick, short. Um, exposure new brands are coming out this just landed this week we, we have it up on our site i think it just went up yesterday um this is not your grandfather's monte cristo cigar right i mean this thing's got some way more body um than i expected because like like you i lit up my first one i smoked the corona in the first half of the show i just lit this up this, you know right before the second half of the show this is a, a medium that definitely full-bodied experience i mean this is definitely a um a, a new flavor profile in my opinion for monte cristo yeah i yeah i totally agree i mean um this does not strike me as your typical uh monte cristo and thank goodness it's not my grandfather's monte cristo because he's it been would, dead for yeah you know, and it would yeah. i mean odds are it wouldn't be properly humidified no, yeah, it'd be like it'd a be. 70 year old cigar i mean now alex uh, I, I you smoked one earlier or you may still be smoking one uh talk a little bit about your experience with the cigar what do you think yeah, I'm with Abe. I'm on my second one, and it's uh, it's definitely different than what I expected. Um, up in that medium to full body range, just a really good, well balanced cigar. Something I'll smoke again for sure. I I would I would be smoking it, or would have smoked it last night. But Abe gave me a really great case with them, and he forgot <laughs> the cigars. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't help. So can you just like imagine? Can you tell us like what you would be getting? Out <laughs> You've of it? smoked a cigar before, right? It's kind of smooth. Like... <laughs> so I had some nice swag they had sent me. I was going to give it to Paul, and I was going to give him some loose sticks from this box I have here. And I'm like, they had gifted me a few of those cigar cases, and they all had three cigars in them. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do one better. I'm going to give Paul this nice case that I knew had three cigars in it. And when I squeezed it, it was full. So I'm like, okay, great. So I go to my house, he comes over at night, I give him his bag, he gets his guy's cutter, he's all this stuff cool. And then I'm and then uh, I'm like, you know, let me just make sure that you got three cigars there. And when we opened it up, it was those three cardboard tubes. <laughs> but, okay, by but the I way, did, Paul, I did get to use the cutter. That is the cool cutter. It's like a perfect cutter, but a uh like an XO style like yeah. but a perfect cutter. It's pretty cool. And by really the way, cool. But Paul, those those cardboard tubes, the draw is so loose. <laughs> <It's impossible. laughs> yeah, can't even. Wow. They're, they're a little dry though. Try to humidify them for a while. Yeah, right. I'll pop I'll pop them in the humidor. Yeah, pop them in the humidor, and wow, that's very loosely filled. Um, you know, you know, Classic. Abe, Abe, you see, um, you see Raphael on Facebook, you know, and he's 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 got his you know whole suit on. He looks impeccable. And he's sitting at this piano with a a glass of rum and and a cigar and he's he's just you know playing beautiful music uh, jack if 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 you were going to have to do a similar video you know what what instrument would you be playing saxophone what... <laughs> <laughs> i have no shirt on <laughs> describe abe abe describe your 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 raphael style video or what sort of instrument are you playing what are you drinking what are you smoking i mean he's playing a piano 
Yeah. I mean, you mean for me personally, or yeah, what like, uh, do, do you play any instruments? Would you? What would your video be that was similar to the Raphael's? Abe style. Abe style. Yeah, that's tricky. Abe style. <laughs> if I had to play an instrument, I'd probably say the drums. Mm. Right. Like, no one's playing violin or piano with these stuff. These drums, <laughs> right. I mean, your options not, are limited. Yeah. Drums are easy. I hold a stick. I bang a couple things down. So, yeah, it'd be a drum, which then means I really want to, you know, I really wouldn't get to casually, elegantly enjoy a cigar in my mouth while I'm jamming on the drums. So, cigar-wise, mm, cigar-wise, I'd probably smoke a Rocky Patel Edge. That sounds like a, a hearty, yeah, you can, rock and roll. It's the Edge. You're playing drums. Oh, nice. If you smash it accidentally, you, you, you didn't do that much harm. He's recently priced cigar. That would be my shtick there. I like it. I imagine Abe playing a tuba. <laughs> tuba graphic, too. Wow. You just had that graphic. <laughs> By the way, Paul had no idea I was going to ask this question. So. Yeah, he was for, yeah, he, that was good. He, he, he pulled out well, the... Well, you need uh, to have a... I'm a producer, too. I have a tuba graphic, just in case. <laughs> just always, in case it's a case for, yeah. Every good producer has a you tuba, have graphic, have tuba graphic. You know, just at, 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 at the beck and call. Uh, Paul, what about you? You play instruments. Uh, what would what would be your uh, video like? I play a lot of instruments, but I play them all half-assed. So uh, I, I mean, I, I guess I was trained playing saxophone, but I, I would play piano. But you know, I can't play like Rafael. No, I don't know if you guys have seen him play. Oh, the guy's, me. oh my god, he's a classically trained, like unbelievable piano player. Uh, but yeah, I would probably play play piano and. And I'd probably have like you uh, didn't play piano when you were at my house the other night. I asked you to play nah. I'm not gonna play his hey, his, you, his, his daughter. His daughter. Yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna get out of bed for less than two k. <laughs> his daughter played played for me, and she played like you know unbelievable rendition of uh, what did she play? Abe Queen. And I'm like, there's no way I can compete with that. Yeah, I play I play Lava from the from that Pixar short for my kid. That's that's what we do in this house. And twinkle, twinkle, little star. Oh, that's cute. That'd be good. I like that. Uh, what about you, Alex? You play anything? Uh, I I don't play anything. Um, but if it was my scene, I would probably also be a drum guy. But I would be a street bucket. Oh buster yes. drum guy. Yes. You know? um, those are my favorite guys, and that that would kind of be my scene. I always love those guys. Seeing those guys in downtown Philly. You get the five dollar Home Depot buckets. You that's, flip them over. That's it, man. You're Start, a band. Boom. Oh. You're a band. It's a movie. One man band. Now, Jordan, you'd probably you'd probably bust out the electric guitar, maybe. Uh, I am. I'm like one of those uh, Lido Gomez style. I'm on a horse, tobacco field. I've got <laughs> nice. a banjo. For some reason. You got a banjo. You got a banjo. I don't even play the banjo, but can you imagine a banjo on a horse? <laughs> or maybe right a harmonica. Now. I'm trying to think of like the most unflattering instrument to play on a horse maybe a tuba <laughs> how much how much uh how much oh, damn it uh, too slow how much skill do you gotta have to just to, to sound kind of proficient on a harmonica i think that there that's a steep learning curve anybody can just pick up a harmonica and just do the but there's like a when, when you start doing like the you know you know what i'm talking about with like the hand on the side 
Oh, yeah. That's a cool instrument. See, I kind of feel like you can almost sound good without any skill. I think you have to have had some like pain in your life to really play a harmonica. <laughs> There's not a lot of... You can't just be like white collar, you know. You've had to like see somebody die to be able to get fully <laughs> harmonica. <laughs> You've had to be in the shit before. Yeah, you can't just you can't just whip out a harmonica. <laughs> the thing about harmonicas, though, if you're unaccompanied, you can anybody can play the harmonica. the The thing is, you need to have different. They're in different keys, so a lot of people don't know if you have the wrong key harmonica and you start playing with somebody, you're you're completely off. So it may sound good when nobody's playing around you, but if there's other instruments involved, you're screwed. Now, let's, let's just be real, though. Am I not on point when I say Paul's perfect instrument would be the accordion with a little monkey next to him? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. I feel I'm a little bit offended as an Italian. I'm a, I'm a just a tad offended <laughs> right. by that comment. He tells me, he tells me I'm not Italian, but then he, then he makes the most Italian, you know, <laughs> derogatory comment. Yeah. He's a short, round, stubby guy. Just the type of guy you think they would play that instrument. Um, <laughs> that's payback for the tuba, Paul. That's that's what's coming that's, at you right now. That's true. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. I'm gonna hear about it for the next for the next month. We Is have, it, uh, oh yeah, go ahead. What we we have a friend on. Oh, oh we yeah. always like to we always like to guess where he is. Coop is on. Oh, Coop is guess the, where in his house he is. I'm in the garage. Ladies and gentlemen, William Cooper has been a what? Oh, William Cooper has been a contributor to KMA Talk Radio for the last few years. He is best known for being the founder and editor of Cigar Coop, a leading online publication in the cigar industry. And now, ladies and gentlemen, none other than William Cooper. Give me the parlor. Coop, Coop. Ah, garage. Look at that! How many red shirts can we can we fit on a, a single episode of KMA Radio? How you doing, Coop? Hey, hey, Eric, hey, Jordan, Jack, uh, Paul, Alex. There's a lot of people on today. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. What's up, my friend? Well, no, it's good. It's it's good. Uh, it's good to talk to you. I mean, I feel like Eric this year something's been lost since February. We haven't gone anywhere together. No, me and you. We were the traveling, uh, the hope and <laughs> hope and Crosby, you know, traveling show. Me and you. Yeah, I mean, I, I was out even your way in January, then we were down in Nicaragua, you and I, and I, I figured it was just the beginning, and uh, that hasn't happened. Something's missing, I mean, for sure. Little did we know it was the end for a while. That really sucks. Yeah. There's nothing, by the way, there's nothing better than staying in a a remote hotel room with William Cooper, me and him, and a bottle of rum. God, we had a good time. <laughs> that was good, that was good. That uh, was I don't mean to interrupt. I just want to share this while it's still relevant, and then I'm out again. But, you know, Paul selectively shares comments, so I have to read this one out loud from Kevin Shahan because he's on point once again, outdid me. But in all reality, honestly, Dave, wouldn't Paul be the monkey? <laughs> I, I was thinking that, Ouch. but I'm, my, uh, in therapy, they're teaching me to not, to not put myself down, so I didn't want to bring that up. We're busting balls here. <laughs> therapy session from your dog, or do you and your dog see the same therapist at the same time? It's a group session. Listen, I don't want to go into my – I'm a very private person. I don't want to talk about my private life. <laughs> now, Coop, Coop uh, well, we may as well ask you this question. Um, you, you've seen Rafael Nodal's uh, amazing piano-playing videos. Yes. Drinking rum and smoking a cigar. What would be the Coop 
style? What would be the coupe version of a Raphael? Would you? What would you be playing? What would you be smoking? What would you be drinking? Well, that's a great. That's a great question. There. Um, it's not really. It's not really a great <laughs> question. But, but thank you, anyways. You know, um, I I would be playing like like a little Latin bass, maybe. Oh. Um, yeah. That's you know, I, the one instrument I've kind of maybe tackled is the bass. I'm not by any means proficient with it, but I I can play it to some extent. So it it would be a little bit of that. Um, and I'd have to go. Um, while I'm not a big drinker, I'd have to go with the rum with that. There's just no way I would not have a, have a rum with that. So I would really have a rum rum with that as well. Um, and then the cigar. That's that's a loaded question there. Um, you know, I'll say this that the um. I would probably still go with my Desert Island Cigar, the La Cien Años Maduro, because I think I could find a way to smoke that with any music pairing and any uh, beverage. So I would go with that, that triple combination there. The bass is sort of the uh, harmonica of string instruments. You can just <laughs> you just hop on there. Nobody really knows what you're doing. You just... <laughs> that, that's exactly what it is. Um, you you could just start playing it. It's you just, you just You could hack it more than anything. Yeah. I see. I see Coop with like a big stand-up bass. Yes, yeah. that's that's the direction oh, I was going. That's what it is. I in, cool. in my mind, Coop's in the Dominican Republic. He's got like a full satin or like silk outfit, or maybe just linen. Coop, are we wearing the same shirt? Yes, we are. I mean, this is a dojo. This is a dojo takeover here today, right? I mean, we gotta yeah represent. Hey, Coop, would you say a a a kazoo is a serious musical instrument? A kazoo. Yes. <laughs> no. I, I don't know. I, I think any time you can get, uh, you know, you can go into the dollar the dollar bin and buy a musical instrument. It's I can't take it seriously. Wasn't Kazoo a character in the Flintstones? Was he yeah? The, was he the Martian, the little Martian guy? He, yeah. yeah. He was on. That was when the show. You know, if you want to use the word "jump the shark," it, it jumped the shark at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Flintstones, like shark tracker. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Coop has a Flintstone spreadsheet of all the greatest episodes ranked from uh, one to three hundred and ninety or whatever that was. Right, Coop, you you follow uh, that kind of stuff. I am a huge Flintstones fan. Um, I mean, my favorite episode, and I watch it like every day. It's still on in my area. And my favorite episode was on this past week is the one where they clone Fred Flintstone into ten Fred Flintstones, and the ten Fred Flintstones uh, wreck havoc over all over Bedrock. Coop, Coop watching the great. Flintstones every single day. Is I have no shame of watching the Flintstones. My, I, at six o'clock, like I'm done with work and I'm in. I'm where I am. I put the Flintstones on because they air in my area locally at six o'clock. Now, Coop, I assume that you you must mentally pay homage to the Honeymooners, which was the you know the the base of the Flintstones. I mean, come on. Oh, abs- absolutely. And you talk about holiday traditions. The honeymoon is, was, was typically a New Year's tradition in New York growing up, where they would re- they'd rerun all the episodes on New Year's uh, Day. So that was always a tradition on that. And, again, there's, there's nothing to compare to it. Now, Bear, who's my co-host, he had never watched the honeymooners. I'm like, how have you never watched the honeymooners? I mean... You have got to see the honeymooners. I mean, he's under forty. I can see it to some point, but I grew up with the honeymooners. But see, that's the problem. It's the generation gap, right? Because now, the older we get, we just take for granted what's common knowledge because these younger guys it doesn't relate. Like Coop, earlier you said a phrase. Now, I'll bet that Eric definitely knows, and I would wager that Paul would know only because he was in 
supposedly, you know. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know how many of our younger viewers, I don't know if Jordan would know, I don't know if Jack would know, but you guys know where the phrase Jump the Shark came from? Oh, Happy Days. Yeah, I actually yeah. do. I actually do. Yeah. Hey, Fonzie you got to know, jumps. I've watched every single show, old show. If Jordan can have an opinion on something, he has he has delved in deep, Abe, and he knows why he hates or dislikes. Abe, even though I'm, Jordan is a millennial, you have to realize he's I'm seventy two. He's actually like a seventy two year old man in a thirty two year old person's body. He's an old soul. <laughs> yeah, now, Abe, no. <laughs> Abe, a lot of people don't realize Abe that every single uh, comedic plot for any kind of comedy show ever. Essentially, comes from the honeymooners. They did all of the yeah. plots that you see for any show, whether it's Friends or anything. Literally, it, it all the genesis was the honeymooners, right? Abe? It, it it's definitely historically there. I mean, and, but you know, I get caught all the time at work saying making references like that, and then half the people look at me like I'm clueless. Right. right? Uh, I'm usually pretty good. I'm usually pretty good. We've caught you a couple times. Yeah. Alex, Alex, what did you were you were you disappointed when Fonzie jumped the that literally jumped the shark? Did that ruin it for you? Because at the time when people watched it, I don't think I they realized what was happening. They they were essentially yeah. jumping the shark, even though he was physically jumping the shark. Yeah, jump. I I was not aware of jumping the shark. That that one got by me. <laughs> All right. I don't yeah. remember and have watched Happy Days. But uh, you watched that show when it happened. So just two of us. I think I was about 30 years from being oh. <laughs> Yeah, I did. So I, I have a comment on Jump the Shark with Happy Days. They use that expression to jump the shark with the Fonz jumping the shark. It was when they burned Arnold's down and made it from like a 50s drive-in to like a Denny's diner. To me, it was like they lost it. Um, they lost that whole edge with the show when it was like a 50s drive type of show. So, you, so, so Coop, what you're saying is uh, Fonzie physically jumping over – a, a, a pool filled with sharks was nothing compared to just the gentrification of Arnold's. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. If you watch an episode where he jumps, the sh it's not a bad episode. It's a pretty good episode, actually, right? But but Arnold's just lost. Gentrification is the right word. It just lost all its charm after that. <laughs> I, did, I didn't at the moment look at that and say, wow, what a dumb moment in, in Happy Days, right? I'm like, I'm young. I remember that was a big deal in that episode. It was like a three-part episode that aired on like Tuesday night. It was a big deal, that three-part episode with the show. I didn't know that. This was a happy beat reporter even back then. <laughs> my, my, my dad was a big Happy Days because like, he was a big 50s nostalgia guy and like, still is even today. But that show was on. Um, that show was on. on and we had one TV in the house. And, and my dad did the call on the TV. That's what you And it was Happy Days. So I ended up starting to watch it. Was it was they, there... they got rid of Pinky Tuscadero. Mm. Yeah, that's. They did. They did. They, uh, I know. She got right. like a. a uh, a demolition yeah. derby episode, I think it was. Tuscadero was hot. Oh, yeah. she was. Here's a question yeah. from a from a listener. Uh, what would be the equivalent of jumping the shark in the cigar world from Franklin oh. Polly? Oh, wow. I would say if a if a Porn. a media company came out with the cigar and just named it the gimmick. I mean, I, that that might be the <laughs> that might be the stupidest thing. No, um, what would be the what would be the craziest thing? I was thinking about like like are we gonna go back and look at Coop's show and be like primetime episode one seventy five. 
That's when Coop really jumped the shark. <laughs> <laughs> Everything was going so good. We have a few episodes. <laughs> um, I don't know, Jordan. Uh, you think any any companies uh, jumped the shark in your opinion, Jordan? Uh, oof. oof. I, I, Alex, I'm at a loss. Alex, you got a jump the shark moment for? Uh, I, I, I still, I'm a little fuzzy on what jump the shark <laughs> actually Alex, uh, It's, yeah. it's like. Alex, it's like making a decision that you can never come back from. Yeah. It's worth start to tank after that moment. Yeah. Do you, do you, Eric, do you remember that company? Well, they're still around. Ezra Zion Cigars. Yeah. Okay. They were making some really, really good cigars, right? They were coming out with some good cigars. They had great lines. I love their branding. And then all of a sudden, one day, they start releasing cigars like fried chicken and truffles. And, uh, oh, that's so good. When they put Daisy Dukes on a cigar. That, they, <laughs> I mean, that, that was a jump-the-shark moment for a company that I thought was, was producing some, some really high-quality blends to go into those things. No, that's a, that's a great example. Or, or when we invited Jack to be a co-host on Smoke Night Live. I was thinking that as well. I was hoping that was not going to be mentioned. <laughs> Listen, Jack has, i got to say this about Jack. He has emerged, as, and I've said this to him, as one of the great event hosts out there. I mean, I've seen him host anchor these Drew State events, and there's a lot of stuff going on. I mean, I remember the one, Jack, you're, you're anchoring it for Corona, and swing like. Okay, let's go to Tanya in, in, in the warehouse here for a report. Jack's like moving the parts all around. He has, he has Jonathan and Pedro on there. There's a lot of moving parts. And, and Jack, you just keep it moving. You've done a great we, job with that. We were he's, about, the Ryan, he's the Ryan Seacrest of the yeah. cigar industry. Oh, nice he thing is. anyone's ever said about me. Oh, I, when sick. we did the big, uh, the big Sundog reveal, we had more technical pro- We It was to the point where Abe, we were able to get Abe on like six seconds before the thing went live. And it was like... Everything was on fire, and we just were like, okay, and we're live now. <laughs> I, 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 you were transparent with that. No one knew that. It was, it was nuts, and then we had a great, a wonderful, right. beautiful evening. All right, Coop. I'm assuming uh, – let's get to the scoop with Coop. I'm assuming there may be some cigar news you want to impart with the, with the audience today. What's going on in the cigar world? Well, there was an interesting announcement this week uh, out of the Dominican Republic uh, – Hostos Fernandez, who a lot of us may know uh, from his time at Casada Cigars, um, he really ran. I think he really ran the factory down there. Um, he announced he's opening his own factory called Tabacalera La Isla, and it's going to be a small factory to start. I mean, I believe it's about fourteen hundred square feet, and it's going to focus mostly on private labels to start. But that's not a surprise because a lot of factories they make their that's how they make their money, you know, is on private labels. So I think him putting it out there this week is kind of a message that, hey, I'm back and come come to me if you want me to make your cigars for you. So I think we're going to see him a lot KMA. more in 2020. He'll be, he'll be on KMA in 2021. January that's 16th, a, I believe, is the date. There you go. There you go. That's an exclusive announcement. There. He's a great guy, too. He's a really Coop, great guy. Coop, Abe, I want to get your, both of your comments on this. What do you make of Quesada? Uh, what's what would you what would you make of the brand, the company? What's going on there? You want me to start, Coop? Google, go ahead. Yeah. There are certain things in this industry, like you know, this, this industry's always had this thing where, like, if you part in New York, they know about it in California, right? I mean, there's just certain secrets that's never kept. And there's been a couple things in my career that just like don't know the true story, you know. Um, and this has got to be the second one. Uh, don't know because Terrence Riley has too much class act to ever say what's going down. 
But, you know, my personal perspective, right, my relationship with Casada was we could barely give away their cigars. It was a non-existent brand. Terrence Riley, when he got on board, had the vision to come to me, wanted to work with us. And I literally, t- my, my little words to him were, if you gave me the cigars for free and I had to put a price on them and sell them, I can't take the brands. We've tried everything. Nothing nothing works on the shelves. And he convinced me, showed me some new lines at that time they were coming out with, and he said, give it a shot. And then all of a sudden, within a year or two, we were doing a lot of business with cigars. That's why I, that's why I dubbed him the great white gringo. And um, I don't know what happened, because when you're able to do that to a company and really put them on the map, you know, because it was SAG before, which no consumer related to, right? It was a name that nobody remembered. SAG, SAG. I mean, it just it was just no connection there. He changed the first thing he does is change the name to Casada Cigars, right? The family name. When you can do that to a company, and then all of a sudden, your key guy who's who's spearheaded this restructuring and rebranding and redevelopment of a company, making it very relevant leaves you know and how he leaves is not really i mean nobody really knows the story i don't know it usually i'll hear rumors and typically in this industry rumors end up being true you know i know how much coop likes rumors but loves him right but no i don't know the story and then after that they just fell apart i mean they didn't even slowly decline the company just flatlined i remember they were supposed to do the great smoke and then, you know, after Terrence, well, that's how I first found out earlier, because Terrence says, look, because he would fill the form every year for the Great Smoke. He's like, it's in their hands. And I kind of heard early. And then they 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 declined to come to the Great Smoke. And then I literally got a, a, an email or a Facebook message from Hostos, who's there at the time, saying, hey, is there any way we can get a booth for the Great Smoke? I'm like, dude, you guys, like, said you weren't going to do it, like, five months ago, six months ago. Uh, you know, coming to me a couple of weeks before the event, I can't do nothing for you. They were in such disarray, and I don't know what happened because I know Manny Casada very well. He is a great human being. Um, he, in all my experiences, I mean, I don't you know, break bread with him on a daily basis, but every time I've interacted with him, he's been on KMA once or twice. I've sat with him many times at a trade show and had talks with him. Good people, good family. The girls are great. So I, I can't tell you what happened, but I can tell you after the departure of Terrence Riley, whatever went on there, the restructuring, the infrastructure, the, the brand, the company just like went into a tail dive to a complete flatline. It wasn't even a slow progression of, of decline. Coop, you got comments on that? Yeah, you know, I'll add on to what Abe said. They, um, I mean, there's a lot of stories that there was an internal family battle going on that kind of triggered a lot of the, the events. Is what the but there's, I don't know if the true story is ever out there, but we've seen members of the family leave the company, right? So it's not just uh, Terrence leaving. Uh, Hostos has left. Um, the daughters have left. Or at least one of the daughters has left. So members of the family had departed too. And the big difference is while this was happening, the brand just stopped existing kind of in stores. It just disappeared. They weren't calling retailers anymore. This You weren't seeing sales. Or forget the fact that there wasn't any much new product. But there was just nothing coming there. And you, they weren't like, I know retailers that were doing a ton of business, and I'm sure Abe can relate to this. Suddenly they don't hear from a sales rep at all. Like there's no sales rep calling on them. So there's clearly some problems there. And I think it's at a point, you know, now 
Fonseca goes to my father. You know, that's their that was their core brand. I don't know what's what the future holds for them. I I think you know it's hard to come back. It's gonna be hard to come back. I'll tell you that. That wasn't their core brand in their peak, though, Coop. That was a core brand. That was kind of the foundation. But it's a yeah. It's what yeah. It was an older brand. You're right. At the peak, it wasn't. Sigma had already been dead. It had already been dead by the time Casada bloomed and developed. All right, Coop. What else is is going on in the uh, cigar industry? Any other news? Uh, um. Yeah, it was a big announcement. Um. I think a lot of a sort this week from Southern Draw Cigars. They got a new cigar called the Manzanita. Um, coming out, and it's a cigar um, coming from AJ Fernandez, which is normally what they have. Uh, I could say this: this was an interesting press release. My my proofreader was like ready to hammer me over this. She's like, "This is the longest press because I have my proofreader read what I wrote versus the press release," and she's like, "This is the longest press release I've ever gotten." Um, I said, "Look, he's sending press releases. I'm not gonna give him a hard time on that." <laughs> <laughs> now that's uh that's a cigar that's a little bit higher priced than you might normally that was the first notice yeah it's a it's a 15 dollar cigar um which is going to be probably their most premium offering to date you know another interesting thing about that cigar jordan that you that you noticed uh what was your thoughts on well i just i thought it was kind of interesting that like just la- i think it was just last year they debuted this all new streamlined packaging sort of perdomo style shoebox packaging all the Southern Draw cigars would be in this, uh, you know, they would all look the same and feel the same. And then all of a sudden, sure enough, the next cigar they come out with is in a completely different box. This big I, old... I thought the same thing, Jordan. And before the shoe boxes, they had those foot boxes. Which I thought, remember those foot boxes where oh, you yeah. flip it? And they were really cool. Um, so, yeah, that was an, another thing that I was a little surprised about, too. Um, I'll, I don't know. Maybe, you know, again, getting packaging out has been difficult this year. So, I mean, I'm willing to kind of say maybe Robert had some challenges this year with getting boxes because a lot of people have. But, yeah, but that was odd as well. That was a good observation. Although I will say the cigar itself looks, looks – The red band is fantastic looking. And the blend sounds delicious. I, I really do want to try that stick. Yeah, what was interesting is they chose to – this is kind of interesting. They chose to announce the tobaccos they were using, but they didn't want to disclose the origins of the tobacco, which is usually the other way around. Like usually they'll just say, all right, the, the, it's a Nicaraguan leaf, but they don't want to say it's a Habano leaf or, or it's a Pelo de Oro. Robert did the opposite here. He said, okay, these are the leaves I'm using in here, but, but I'm not going to disclose where they're coming from. Right. Yeah. Uh, any other news? Is that uh, what else you got? Uh, we got um, Alec Bradley had a big announcement this week. Uh, the fine and rare sets, uh, the commemorative uh, chess sets, are coming out. Um, they have about five hundred of those, and those are going to contain um, the Alec Bradley fine and rares um, from previous years, the years of two thousand fourteen, sixteen, seventeen, and nineteen. And the deal is that. For those fine and rare releases, and each of them used 10 different tobaccos, so it's kind of like Alec Bradley's signature release. Alan Rubin was putting some away in, in uh, the aging room every year with the hopes of one day releasing a, like a commemorative set. So this year they've come out with that commemorative set. Um, the beautiful chest with like, these pull-out drawers, yeah. which is really nice. And then there's like right. one like secret blend that they've put in there, which they're not talking anything about right now. So I don't know if it's another fine and rare with the 10 tobaccos. I don't know what it is, but that's the one last thing that's out there. Um, 
there's 500 of these for the 10th anniversary. They go for about $600 a unit, but you know, those cigars are not cheap, those fine and rare cigars. That's a $20 plus cigar you're getting in there. Um, in fact, one of the, the, the one from last year, the box press made the coupe list. So I think that box press was a fantastic cigar they did. Hey, but hey, hey. 15, they, they dropped the ball, forgot to put cigars away. Um, they, I think what happened is it was, it, sometimes they released the same brand multiple times. So I think they just decided to go with one blend. So that's why I think 2015 is not in there. Abe, it's it's not easy to put together like a collection of the cigars you've released. You you did that with the MicroBlend series and put them all together with the challenge coins and that kind of thing. That's difficult uh, task because like some are sold out and, and you know you got to come back and find get the same blend, put them all together. That's no easy task. It is a pretty cool project, huh, Abe? It, listen, that's always fun, and you have to be you have to really think ahead because you know. We didn't know how our microblend series was going to be, right? And I think what instigated it was, you know, the first one we did, which I, I still to this day will say historically has to be the most famous single store release ever in the history of our industry was the Anarchy with the Tuami, yeah. which did not make the Dojo's 50 top cigars. Cigars <laughs> <laughs> hey. uh, of the decade? So, yeah, the most relevant cigars of the decade, or whatever that article was. That was Jordan's fault. I, I, there, I get one miss. Come on. <laughs> there, there, there will never be a single store release like that again. I mean, yeah. that just—that's it, it. I mean, because it's, it got too flooded the market, unfortunately. It, it, it was a perfect storm between, yeah. you know, new releases not being so prolific, um, the marketing that started like six, seven months earlier. Johnson at the time where he was with popularity and with his brand and his company, the size, the blend, the package, it was just, it was a perfect storm. And, and ultimately the product, I mean, it was, um, it got, it got written up in Playboy. In fact, I stole the line from that article. Now that I'm thinking about it, not your grandfather's cigar. And it was featured in Playboy magazine. And um, we ended up doing a second run really quick. We found out it was going to be in Playboy mag magazine. Right. So I'm a little store at the time. We were 1500, 1500, 15 count boxes. And literally two months later, I'm telling Pete, yeah, we need to do another 1500. And he's looking at me like I'm nuts, you know? So um, we had we had so much of it at the time. I'm like, oh, we're going to have this second run here. It's going to last for a while. And that's when I got the idea to say, let me start putting away a thousand sticks um, of each one and, and make, have, make a little extra than I, I think would sell. And, you know, sometimes we could have sold more and we had to stick to not selling any because we needed to make sure we had enough cigars. But after our 10th year, uh, which the 10th one was Pope, we made our collector set, which I think is one of the coolest projects we ever did. It was one from all of our first 10 micro blends. Yeah, that, uh, I, I assume, Abe, that you'll, you're planning ahead to maybe uh, do that again at some point in the future with the releases since that point. Maybe, maybe, or we may do we may do a redux and do a best of, maybe you know a best of set or something. I don't know. We, we, we're so doing so many cool projects. You know, I think Omar Fernandez teased one. We're working with um, AJ Fernandez. Like, cool. We got we got so many cool projects on the table. Back then, I, I wasn't doing much, so projects like that were, were a little more relevant. But I may do something special when we hit our twenty our twentieth micro blend, which is not that far off, actually. All right. Hey, uh, uh, Coop, uh, I'll, I'll let you guys just uh, chime in on this, all of you guys, Paul, Alex, Abe, obviously. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt, Jack, Jordan, that the, you know, the story of the year, uh, even probably in any industry, is how 
COVID affected, you know, the industry. But setting aside the COVID issue entirely, uh, I'll, I'll let Coop go first on this one. What would you say this year may be remembered for big stories that don't have anything to do with COVID in the cigar industry? Coop, what would you say are are, are is a story or or one or two or whatever stories that that stand out in your mind as being significant this year in in our industry? Well, um, there's a few. I mean, the Big Four was a story that was a big story before the trade show shut down. The fact that Altidus, General Davidoff, and Drew Estate were pulling out of the trade show. And that was in January. Was it in January? It was in January, yeah. It was very early January. And the thing is that, and I, when I remember when I wrote about this, I said this is not going to be a long winter. There's no signs of that rift mending that we're seeing. So, I mean, we, we could very well, if there's a trade show in 2021, we could be going into a trade show without those companies right now. And, and that's a big, big industry divide there. Yeah. Uh, what Now, Paul, I know that through the show, you get to hear all the stories that have happened through the year. Uh, any of them stand out in your mind, Paul? Uh, well, one that kind of hits hits home for me because it's one of the places I used to visit quite a bit. And uh, Yanni said it as well. Uh, yeah. Nat Sherman closing mm. closing their right. doors. That's that, that was a staple. That was a staple for me. It was a, a the townhouse was a place that I passed on a daily basis uh, when I commuted and worked in Manhattan. Uh, Probably same thing. I, I, one of the one of the one of the first premium cigars I ever had. I was at an event and I, I forget who the CEO was. My, Michael knew who it was, but I literally remember him taking a cigar. He said, "What kind of cigars do you like?" I, you know, I told him what I smoked once in a while, and he took a cigar and put it in my mouth and lit it for me. I was like, "Oh, all right, thank you." <laughs> it was at a Kentucky Derby event, but yeah, I think that's that's the big one for me that stands out. That you know the 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 legend of Nat Sherman. Uh, fading away this year. I think, Paul, with that one, it doesn't even matter that if you've never even been to the town. I know, Jordan, you've been to the townhouse. I have never been. I was never lucky enough to get to go there. But it seems like whether you've gone to the townhouse or not, that was just a sad moment in. It's an institution. Yeah. It's an institution in the yep. industry. Yeah, and we've never seen, like, we've seen cigar companies go out of business, but we never seen kind of a closure of a cigar company, like, kind of before our eyes this year. And we saw that this year with, with Nat Sherman as, as Michael Herkowitz kind of wound down the error. And, you know, the job he did with that, with the grace and dignity that he conducted himself and, and respect for the brand was something, you know, as, as sad it is to see the brand go, it was a positive to kind of see it handled with class, is what I said, yeah. you know. What do you, what no do you one was say? raping and pillaging the townhouse, you know what I mean? So... Winding it down with dignity was what he what he kept saying, but it, it, that yeah. was that was one. I'm sure Coop is the same way growing up there. Like it was, that was that was hard for me. It's it's sad to well, say goodbye to something like that. Well, my my dad was there when he was seven years old. I mean, his dad his dad took him in there one day when his dad was going to buy uh, tobacco, and my dad was saying, "Yeah, he was there for the first time at seven years old." Yeah. Jack, have you ever wound down with dignity? <laughs> I, I've never even gotten close. <laughs> I don't even know what that would look like. Uh, Alex, uh, what about you? Any thoughts on uh, stuff from this year that stick out in your mind as a significant news story? Yeah, so I mean, I think Paul probably nailed the big one, obviously. But uh, another one for me outside of that is is probably the uh, 
to talk about the Fuente Padron release, yep. which you know hasn't come to fruition yet. But when it does, uh, you know it's it's like it's like Jordan and Magic getting on the same team and, and playing ball. You know, it's uh, this I think it's going to be insane once it actually does get out there. Oh yeah, I think everybody's uh, licking their lips on on the pro yeah. just the prospect of that release. Yeah, you know, I and the, that for sure. Yeah, you know, the thing about that is, and Eric and I, and of course the KMA team, you know, we've seen Fuente in this last year um, really start to embrace the social media piece for the first time. I mean, and they, they were all hooked on it. You could see it. And the fact that now they're going to have this arm going into 2021 to promote this cigar, um, that's a big deal. I think this is a very positive thing we're seeing for the industry. All right, Abe. Coop is still in shock and awe that he Carlito Fuente was his fill-in guest. <laughs> yeah. That was a, Carlito filled in for guest this week because Leanna had a personal situation, and we were just going to go. Bear and I were just going to do a show, and then Jose calls me up, Jose Blanco, and he's like, "Hey, do you want me and Carlito to fill in?" I'm like, "You guys don't have to do that." He said, "Well, Carlito already agreed to do it." I'm like, "I'm not going to say no." So, <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> Coop, has Jose Blanco being on a different like time zone really affected your guys' like weekly chats? Like, do absolutely you, do you not. Like, wake up at different times, or how does that? No, work? no, and it's it's more daily chats. I got to be honest with you. Uh, you just uh, we just BS, but sometimes I'm up late and we can talk because it's morning and he's feeding ducks out in Macedonia. So, you know, I know like after the show we talked. Um, you know, it was like seven thirty in the morning out there for him. So it really hasn't, uh, surprisingly. I think I figured we may lose some contact uh, after he moved, and it's not the case with technology now. You can easily do it. It's like when your friend you in high up. school. No, you moves, hang up. Yeah, your friend in high school moves to a different town, and you're like, "Am I ever going to see?" My wife's like, "You're on the phone more with him than than your own than your own family." I'm like, "Yeah, it's true." You need to respect the relationship you two have. All right. Yeah. Exactly. By the way, uh, just to clarify, if you've seen the, the video of um, Jose feeding the ducks, it's really more like he's pelting them. Did you ever see the one where the kid taxed him at a pinata thing? He, he, he was throwing, it was a birthday party for his son, and they were trying to get they were, they were doing the pinata thing. So some kid goes and is about to hit the pinata, but completely misses and just starts whacking Jose with, with, with the stick. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to post that somewhere. But yeah, it's, it's a funny as hell video. Yeah. All right, Abe, uh, what about you? Uh, I mean, obviously, you are in the epicenter of the industry. You get to. You know, sort of get a, a different perspective maybe than some of us on industry news. What are, what are a story or two that stand out in your mind from 2020 aside from the whole coronavirus thing? I, I mean, look, a couple things. Both that were mentioned first, definitely Nat Sherman's one of them. Um, you know what Alex mentioned about the Carlito and, and uh, Padron project, but I, I think in, in retrospect to the RTDA, because Coop talked about, you know, the Big Four not being there. I don't think if they don't ever come back, it may be that big of a deal. I think it may be good for the PCA because it's changing how a lot of them think. And even if the board or whoever's running it don't make the best decisions, the retailers now, the, the manufacturers now are more inspired because there's a core group of manufacturers very committed to the yeah. PCA organization. The history. And if they can find ways to revitalize it, like this Carlito Padron project and real special projects that you can only get if you show up as a retailer to the convention – it may work in this benefit. So these four companies leaving, who really, I mean, I, I, honestly, as far as I'm concerned, 
there never been the wow factor. You know, maybe Drew Estate. Drew Estate's definitely been a wow factor. Awesome. So handsome, but too. never been a big wow factor. Altus has never been a big wow factor. I mean, they're just the monsters that exist, right? The big cities of new product and stuff. And, 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 and Endeavor. So if they don't come back, I don't think it, it loses that much in, in, in as far as, you know, posterity. But um, I think that it, it's it's excited a lot of these other guys it may end up having a very positive mix of trade show so i just wanted to mention that was um, tobacco, yeah. tobacco 21 this year or was that 2019 when did that happen was that 2020 it was at the end of last year when it that, when trump signed it so that that for me i mean i guess it's not 2020 technically but like some of the the regulatory stuff it's like you know it's kind of like death by a thousand cuts you just like oh okay 21 right. now and it's just like but, I, how many of those things Sorry, a couple other things I just wanted to say that caught my attention, right? Because you remember things that were shocking, right? So other than some things like Glenn Luke stepping down from the CRA was a story I'm going to remember this year. KMA's 400th episode is a story I'm going to remember this year. And then two other, like, stories that I, I think will be a long time before I forget would be um, the whole Gurkha fiasco and yep. the uh, and the Corona, what I will forever call the Coroma craft, the Coroma <laughs> crackdown. I was going to say that could power remains to be seen, but that could be a jump the shark moment. Can it not? Oh. Yeah, well, you well used of the phrase, right? right. Wow, yeah. Well, coming in, coming in with no knowledge of jump the shark, and then just pinning the tail yeah. of the dark right there, making Alex. Ah, uh, man, he's sharp it, on that. Tell if that's a jump the shark moment, but that would be a proper use of that phrase. No, those those are all big stories. I mean, obviously, they all pale in comparison to the dojo verse uh, birth of oh, the dojo verse. Of course, let's face one. it. I mean, that's absolutely number one. And then, of course, uh, Jack, uh, you had a big uh, yeah. I'm, I was employed, so that was huge. <laughs> 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 trying to keep that going. All right, boys, this has been a blast. I think we're at the point of the show where we do our uh, "Who Am I?" segment. Oh. Now, if if uh, if my notes are correct here, what happens is we read a quote from somebody, and then the folks that are watching have to attempt to guess who uh, said this quote, and they, they win something. Is this right, Paul? That is, yeah. that is absolutely correct. Go ahead, Abe. I know. I just said they win a high five. Yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you, Alex, you don't know the answer to this, right? I do. Oh, you do. And I, I don't know that Coop knows the answer, but he just ran away from us. But, uh, well, yeah, well, I'll post the comments from all of the uh, listeners while you're while you're reading, because I'm sure okay. they're all, they'll all jump on it right now. <laughs> all right. So if, if you're if you're watching right now, get your your hot your little notepad, fingers. Yeah. You're ready. I'm going to have Jack read this because his eyes are better than I. And yeah, this, this will be a, like my flu game moment. This is a, a semi long quote. So <clears throat> please, please bear do, with it. I do know how to read. Uh, okay. But be, be ready. Here we go. I am a third generation cigar maker. I was born in our nation's capital. My father was sponsored by the Catholic Church in Washington, D.C. When my family came from Cuba and I grew up in a very blue collared area in Baltimore. We moved to Miami when I was 11 years old to be close to our family. My father worked three jobs for many years to bring them all from Cuba. I was blessed to serve our country in the United States Navy, where I went on to be an air traffic controller. In 1992, I started a cigar business out of my garage. It was a true American dream. In 1995, we moved our facilities to a small town no one had heard about in Nicaragua. We are a true family business, where even my 85-year-old mother still works for the company. Thanks to my dad's words, 
that still rings in my head. Son, you live in the greatest country in the world. If you work hard enough, you can attain anything you work for. A 27-year-old kid working out of a garage making and selling cigars that has now become one of the largest cigar manufacturers in the world today. Who am I? Who am I? I know this one. Boom. No, I it, got it. I got it. Bill Powers. Good guess, it, but you're wrong. Bill Powers. Yep, it was Bill. <laughs> no, <laughs> no it, not not George Padron. No, that's not it. I. By the way, nobody told me this, but I. I just I know this one. I just happen to know this one. How does this work, Paul? Do we? Yeah. Do we? Do we? Do we reveal? <laughs> well, uh, what are your guesses? Well, we all know we're we're the uh, smartest guys in the world. I don't. I don't want to. Do I? Do I give it away now? Do I say it? Yeah, we could say it right now. Well, I, I don't know. We're seeing a lot of uh, a lot of different answers, more so any, than any I correct expected. Ones? Any correct ones? We have a lot of correct ones. I think yeah, we had a few cor- corrects. I think the first correct one, if I will check correctly, was Corey Woodard. Corey five, Woodard. Five. Five, Corey. Five, five, so, five to Corey Woodard. <laughs> Nick Perdomo. Nick, I got to tell you, man, Nick is he's an interesting cat. Position hey, screen, Paul. What'd hey, you say? Show the screen, Paul. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I forgot that we have a video. Oh, we have a video? Okay, there we go. Yeah, here we go. That's how we're supposed to reveal who it is. There you go. There he is. There he is. My tree decorator. The uh, There's a video for you. Or, or maybe it's just a <laughs> screenshot. But uh, Nick Perdomo, he's an interesting cat, huh, huh, Abe? He has a very, very, very... Uh, specific way of doing things a very professional in every you know in everything that they do from the merchandising to the, the production of the cigars really really interesting cat kind of just sort of goes you know goes to the beat of his own drummer he's not really in the 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 typical circles and doesn't really care he just does his own thing and he knows he's doing it right and he knows the product he's he, he i would say out of all the manufacturers abe he's one that knows maybe more about every little piece of the process along the way, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and he's been very involved along the way. I mean, literally, from me, from the knowledge he got from his father to, you know, making cigars, growing tobacco, having his own, making his own boxes, he's just, he has his way, and he does it, and the way he's been doing it is worked for him. Now, worked Coop, for- yeah, Coop, you can attest to this. At the Perdomo factory, when, when Abe says that they make their own boxes... Not only do they make their own boxes, they literally take giant chunks of wood, Coop, if you remember this, yep. cutting the giant logs of wood down to the, the planks that will eventually be the boxes. I mean, it's, it's, it goes a step beyond making their own boxes. They're literally making their own wood. They grow the right, trees. Because, <laughs> yeah. No, it's true because a lot of people, the wood is already there. You know, they get wood deliveries. But what we saw there was that was amazing there. And, and they make their own cellophane, too. That's the other thing. Yeah, that's incredible. Well, boys, I got to say it was an incredible uh, uh, morning for us. I know it was it was a bit early, but Jordan, you we took over. We took we over. Took Jack over. I yeah. wasn't even supposed to be here. <laughs> you weren't even supposed to be here, but you you were here. Uh, Abe, <laughs> Alex, uh, Paul, Coop, uh, you guys made for a fantastic Saturday morning. Now uh, the next the next edition of the show is until uh, what January 9th? That's right. Well, that's the next edition of the live version, but we also have a, a listener selected best of for next weekend, uh, selected by Kevin Acuff. So we will reveal we will reveal his selection uh, coming up this week on KMA social media. Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer Kevin Acuff, no less. Well, we take two weeks off for the holidays. We'll be back uh, with a new show in the new year on January 9th. Oh, cool. 
I want to before we I don't want to forget, but I want to really thank you guys. This was the uh, another off the wall idea I had, and you guys jumped on board. And I know time zone wise, it's awful for you guys, especially coming off a of Friday night. You guys stepped up to the plate. This was a fun show. Could have been one of my funnest shows for the year because we got to sit back and you guys did all the work. But you did a fabulous job, and I just want to tell you how much we appreciate you doing this as, as our first time project and the last show of 2020. Thank you very much. Paul, I hope all of you guys have a fantastic holiday, and all the folks that are that are watching along, everybody have a safe and uh, happy holiday season. Uh, may all the Christmas cookies uh, taste delicious and the eggnog uh, get you sufficiently buzzed. Jack, yeah, yeah, brother. <laughs> Jack so, uh, I feel a targeted. Yeah. Uh, until until the next episode. Remember, everybody, keep it lit. <laughs> <laughs>